Now entering Nerdist.com. You made it weird. You made it weird. You made it weird. Oh, yeah. You made it weird. You made it weird. Yes, you did. You made it weird. Oh, yeah. You made it weird with Pete Holmes. What's happening, weirdos? This is a, a wonderful, exciting episode for me because, uh, as everyone who listens to this show knows, I am a huge Mad Men fan, and uh, more specifically, a huge Rich Summer fan, and we had a delightful time. I went to his lovely home, met his lovely family, two wonderful children, lovely and adoring wife, adoring him, hopefully adoring me, but we, we met very briefly, so in a different way, you know, just like a more casual, hey, how you doing sort of way, but boy... What a great episode. I'd like to say you don't have to be a Mad Men fan to enjoy this. That's certainly true. Uh, We talk about a lot of things that are more uh, broadly appealing. And any time that we do a spoiler or talk about the show specifically, I think we say very clearly, it's a spoiler. Jump a minute ahead, a minute and a half ahead, and you'll be fine. Uh, Here are the tour dates. And first, by the way, my special, Nice Try the Devil, will be airing on May 12th at 11 p.m. on Comedy Central. The CD DVD will be available two days later on May 14th. Uh, You can pre-order that at Amazon uh, and I believe some other places. Um, Here are the tour dates. I'm going to Cleveland, Ohio for the Grog Shop on May 16th. Washington, D.C., the 930 Club on May 22nd. Philly for Helium, May 23rd through 25th. Bloomington, Indiana for the Limestone Comedy Festival, June 7th and 8th. Portland, Oregon, Aladdin Theater on June 28th. Seattle, Washington, the Neptune on June 29th. And uh, we got some more coming, but I can't announce those just yet. So that's what we got. You can watch a You Made It Movies. That's a fun way to support the show. Those are available on iTunes with me and a guest watching a movie and kind of talking through it. Or get a t-shirt at youmadeitweird.com. And as always, again, our uh, You Made It Weird is brought to you by the wonderful people at Bonobos. 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 It's the only cutting-edge men's apparel brand that matters, in my opinion. There's tons of reasons to love them. Fit, customer, service, you know. And oh yeah, they make shopping fun and easy. What sets them apart? They offer hip, sharp, nice clothing that actually feels comfortable and looks good. So it's no more itchy, scratchy stuff that looks good and comfortable stuff that doesn't look good. They found a way to do both. All right? It's not mutually exclusive. Blazer accuracy is what I say. They didn't even write that. I'm just adding blazer accuracy. It's not too good to be true. Go to bonobos.com. Uh, you get 20% off your first deal by typing in Pete at the checkout, and they uh, they you'll love well, you'll fall in love with the with Bonobos for their free returns policy. Bonobos, B-O-N-O-B-O-S dot com. Pete is the code. Go get some clothes. Blazer accuracy. Enjoy a rich summer. He's a he's a smart dresser. Okay, now, now it's recording. You know, I don't know if you've ever listened to the show, but it's very casual. We don't yes. have to be like, yes. and welcome. Yes. I Speaking of bad gifts, <laughs> which I'm not going to say what you I, were referencing. I appreciate that. But my mother gave my ex-wife a uh, gold chain bracelet. And uh, and I remember she opened it. It was like Christmas or maybe her birthday or something. And I was like, oh, that's kind of sweet. It was a little off. Uh-huh. I, I always have to qualify. I love my mother. Uh-huh, of course. It was a nice gesture. Uh, but it, upon closer inspection, it was a WWJD gold bracelet. Oh. Like a what would Jesus do? <laughs> Very nice. Oh. I always think, I mean, oh, even if you no. are like on board with that stuff, that is such a... Who wants that? Uh, who wants it? I know who wants it. Me, when I was a youth. Oh, I, yeah. I remember the first time... Hmm. But was that ever, like, hip fashion that you wanted it as a gift? 
You wanted the traditional, like, Live Strong bracelets. Mm-hmm. There was a cloth one with a WWJD. Okay. We're, we're about the same age. And you were yep. in Minneapolis. Yeah. Minneapolis. Yeah, Stillwater, which is just about 20 minutes out of St. Paul, but yeah. So I have to imagine that people were rocking it. A couple of people were rocking oh, yeah. the WWJD. I remember also that No Fear gear, wasn't that? Oh like my a God, thing? that was the opposite. Those were the people that weren't concerned with what Jesus was doing. <laughs> no, 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 No Fear. Oh, but, but oh wait. There were, the, there were the ones that you could get at, like, the, the Bible store that said No Fear, like First Corinthians, something Right, or right, they, right. They sort of co opted the phrase No Fear, and God, it became like that. I'm a, surprised this has never come up on the show. Sometimes when I go to, where was that? that it was, um, I've done this school so many times. It's a it's a real blur. Before we started recording, I was telling you that my party trick is, even though I went to an esoteric Christian school, like Christian Christian, like with Bible right. majors, um, my party trick was I may have not gone to any college that you've heard of, but I've probably performed at your college, right. which turned out to not be true and a bad party trick. <laughs> right. But I was doing <laughs> I was doing this I was doing this school and I went to their mall and it must have been a religious area because they had a pretty big kiosk for religious T-shirts. And my, the one that I always remember was it looks like Mount, it's, a, it's saying Mountain Dew, uh-huh. but it's saying he meant, so that's the M. Uh-huh. So the he is just right. thrown Ancillary in. sort of off to, the, <laughs> yeah, off to the side. Ancillary Adams? Yeah, I, I'm not, I can't no. figure that out. <laughs> There's, There's got to be a way. There's, There's something, something there. there. <laughs> Somebody help us, Ancillary Adams. <laughs> he meant to die. So now we're on the D yeah. for do and die. Uh, D-E-W and uh-huh. D-I-E, three letters with a D, so that's all right. All right. But then they added for you. So he meant to die for you, all in the Mountain Dew logo. Huh. And I remember growing up religious and thinking that I should be wearing stuff like that. Because there's this feeling of like, why am I... Did you grow up religious? I did, yeah. Why am I with the Jesus? Uh, yeah, yeah. It was uh, Luther. I was Lutheran. Lutheran, I, I feel like Lutheran is kind of cool. You, you get one of those names, Episcopal, Lutheran. Yeah. You know, you got Martin Luther being a badass and nailing things and breaking away from the Catholics. It's kind Absolutely. of an exciting story and good history. And wait, Garrison Keillor, Lutheran? Uh, I have no idea. I believe he is. He, he tells be. a lot of stories about pinched Midwestern Lutheran. Well, Min- Min- Minnesota is largely Lutheran. I believe okay. that's sort of the main... And since uh, Lake Wobegon is ostensibly yes. in Minnesota, I think, right. I think that's... Well, what, they, whether he is or not, that's the reference. I think Garrison Keillor might be a secret Lutheran. I've had this discussion with other people. One of those, like... I was just going to say one of those intellectual Lutherans. But what I mean is, I bet he doesn't necessarily... I don't know why I'm speculating or spending my time wondering. But when you listen to his stories... He knows so much about Lutherans and about the Bible that you're kind of uh-huh. like, I bet he dabbles. Now I'm taking it back a little bit. It's not that cool, right? What, Lutheranism? Let, let me put it to you. Is it cool? To me, it sounds cool because it's exotic. I'm just white bread, <laughs> non-denominational. Christian. Christian. Okay. So anybody that got a title, it's like your corporal or I mean, something. Yeah, I mean, I suppose there was a little flavor of... Uh... I suppose uh, the folks at the at the church like to uh, sort of celebrate the rebellious nature of it, yes. like that that it did come from an act of rebellion. And yeah, so, but I, I wouldn't uh, suggest that Lutherans are particularly rebellious these days. Although, to their credit, they have a lot. Like in the ELCA, um, one of my friends is uh, one of my best friends from growing up as a pastor, and they have been making some moves on things like allowing uh, ordination of homosexuals and things like yeah. that, that they are, they are actually being a little more progressive, which is exciting. They're, they're not as progressive as others, but 
they're um, they're taking strides towards it. Even though there are a lot of dissenters and a lot of people kind of breaking off. Um, then there's like Missouri Synod, which is a whole different uh, ball of crazy uh, in what is the that? Lutheran Church. It's a, it's another. I don't want to talk out of my ass because I don't fully understand all of the. It's a safe the, place. But, <laughs> <laughs> um, but e, like there's ELCA, which I believe is. Um, uh, either Evangelical or Ecumenical Lutheran Church of America, and yeah. then there's, uh, and I think it's Ecumenical, and then there's Missouri Synod, which is sort of an offshoot, and they're sort of like, I mean, I shouldn't lump them in with Westboro, but they're like, if if they're 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 more toward the Westboro than like the progressive progressive, okay. they're like the conservative Lutherans, the super conservative Lutherans. Okay. What, so your friend is not conservative. I, I think it's always interesting. He's he's a pastor in the ELCA. Okay. And he, he also is one of those guys who I think um, really uh, is is in that charge to uh, lo- loosen up those restrictions and yeah. make it a more inclusive place. Yeah. It's always weird to me. Uh, I only have uh, maybe one or two friends that are pastors. Given my, uh, I say only one or two, given my upbringing, you'd right. think I'd have a bevy. But I always tended to uh, befriend the people. Looking back, I wonder if we all knew we would fall away. Right, <laughs> like, right, We were right. just kind of like, yeah, I, I feel like I'm drawn more to these people, these vessels of wrath, as the Calvinists would call them. <laughs> Do you know what that is? Calvinists believe in predestination. And right. talk about speaking out of your ass. Meaning when you, Rich Summer, were born, God knew you were going to go to heaven or hell. Oh, okay. And if he knew you were going to go to heaven, then you're, uh, you're a Christian or chosen person. And if you were predestined to go to hell, uh, you're called a vessel of wrath. That's one of the things I believe mm-hmm. John Calvin called. Them. That's sweet. <laughs> it's just... that's What a great notion. You know, some people you should write... Now, I'd like to point out here that Jesus didn't live that way or right. teach that way. Right. But it's interesting that some people took great comfort... Because the anxiety of having to witness to people, to go... You have children. I'm not Mm -hmm. trying to be flip. I'm just saying you have children. So uh, forget the eternal soul. Just the idea of people's souls and what happened to people. You want the best things for people. Of course. So you have kids and you know what it's like to love something else. And then when you're a pastor and you do believe in black and white heaven hell stuff, me meeting you would be a burden. I'd be like, well, I have to save Rich. Right. You know what I mean? So there's a couple ways to alleviate that. One is go, well, Rich is just a vessel of wrath. <laughs> right. Just, it's They're not up to I me. Do. It's not up to me. That that releases a, a valve, a pressure valve that's necessary. Yeah, I sure. completely get that. Otherwise, it's maddening. You have to go around and constantly tell people about Fix the Lord. People. Yeah. Or you become a universalist. Right. Which is what I always wanted to be. Even when I was at my most religious, I called myself a hopeful universalist. And I think you'd have to not have a heart. It's like uh, they say about politics when you're young, if you're, you don't have a heart if you're not a Democrat. Yeah, right. And you don't have a brain if you're not. When you get older, you yeah. don't have a brain if you're not a Republican. Right, right, right. Yeah. So similarly, I think everybody should be a hopeful universalist. Mm-hmm. I, I know I'm talking a lot and people are probably like, what's going on? <laughs> I'm not. I'm loving it. I think it's great. So when you were raised uh, Lutheran, which I'm now associating less with cool dissenters and more... <laughs> hot tomato eaters like, uh, like yeah, that's growing fair. in that's the fair. sun and just <laughs> um, simple I, and believe me I'm not talking down I mm. love Lake Wobegon I, I listen to that stuff and I'm like that's where it's at for all the showbiz jerk shit I saw you got your Mad Men finale party swim trunk <laughs> I did <laughs> and, and I see that and I go that piece of shit <laughs> 
Uh, you got your fancy trunks, and I'm uh-huh. thinking about all the all the wonderfully attractive people, men and women, to mm-hmm. be fair, that you'll be uh, hot tubbing with. There's that, and then there's your ancestors who are bundled up under quilts they made in the summer to survive the well, winter. Well, mine were mine were. I was uh, baptized Methodist mm. in Ohio, and then we moved to. Minnesota when I was eight, and when uh, then the the local church that they sort of my family sort of wanted to be a part of ended up being Lutheran, uh-huh. so I wasn't there was no sort of conversion necessary. You just kind of you know signed up for the thing, you right? Know, right, just right. Went. It wasn't fancy, right? No. Your parents didn't create stress about that. They were just no. Like, we're going to church, yeah. And this church this, is a Lutheran yeah, church. Yeah, this is a now. It's just as they were, they said there'd be a slightly different flavor, but it wouldn't be much. Was it a cultural thing, or were your parents spiritual? Um, uh, they were. They were. Uh, or are they? Uh, are, they are. Yeah. I mean, I think they still are. My my mom actually recently converted to Catholicism. Um, Interesting. Yeah. Uh, well, actually, you know what? I've, I've I've heard of that before, where they crave the the ritual. Mm-hmm. My dad really misses the ritual. Oh yeah. When you're old, you want to. A blood pressure thing that gives you the number quickly, right. and you want to confess and be forgiven right now. Sure. You know what I mean? Like you don't know when you might go out. Let's burn some incense. Sure, sure. I don't have time. <laughs> so your mom converted. Was that yeah a problem or no? No, uh, I she, wouldn't say. Uh, my, my, my parents. I, I should preface by saying they're divorced. Okay, they divorced when I was thirteen, I think. Um, but she. She just kind of decided that there was something about it that she really liked. There was yeah. uh, she liked the ritual of it. She liked well, the they're sort pretty. Of, oh yeah, of course. There's something it wonderful good. about it's yeah. It smells thing. good. Yeah. It sounds good. If you can get past some sort of mental problem that you might have, mm-hmm. let's say condoms or, mm-hmm. or, or pedophilia or mm-hmm. something, the problems of the church. If you can just go in into these structures that are built to manufacture reverence. That's that's a better place to be than the grumpy guy that says fuck everything. God is dead. This is bullshit. Oh sure. Go sit in a church and have a nice moment. Yeah, you know what I sure. Mean? There's definitely there's uh, uh, definitely um, something available to you. Yeah, yeah. Wherever you are, if you if you're open to it. So I kind of I think that's cool that your mom did that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And my dad, um, I think he. Uh, I don't know that he. There's a specific. Uh, denomination that he is anymore. I think they they go to church once in a while. I don't know what he's uh, remarried. He's remarried. Yeah, I don't know what what flavor they go to, <laughs> you know. but regular. Yeah, it never seemed to be much of a concern anyway. Right, right. But when you were going, see, my father. I asked my father, and I'm I'm kind of glad. I'm sorry to be morbid, but my family's very morbid. Mm-hmm. We'll have a nice talk, and he's like, "I'm glad we did that before I'm dead." Like they're not even sick or anything, right? And I'll leave, and they'll be like, you never know, it might be the last time, sort of thing. I mean, for the past ten years, and I think they're doing it, I think that might come from their humor. I really Uh think part of why I think they're funny is that they understand that there is a certain blackness that they're being very silly in response to. So you're not supposed to make jokes like that, so my dad makes jokes like that. My dad is the kind of guy that at a church function, he told the following joke. He goes, pastor, to the pastor... When you're in the bathroom, do you ever play with your dude to do? And everybody like, what? <laughs> and he goes, you know, that's when you're done with the toilet paper and you take the roll and you put it up and go, do to do. Oh my god! And <laughs> I mean, what the fuck? That, that's a character. It's a he's a character. Wow. He, my dad, sat in the second row of church for years and years, and I used to sit next to him. So and he'd talk back to the pastor enough. You know, answering questions verbally. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm like, 
So much so that the pastor had to say a stand-up line. He goes, I work alone to my, <laughs> to my father. He drove the pastor yeah, to have to pull out the old material. <laughs> I'm sure that's a story for the pastor. Like that, he has oh, to absolutely. tell like a showbiz story. How did I get to my dad? Oh, my dad told me. He was like, the reason he, we're talking about God. And I was like, do you really believe it? That's, that's my big uh-huh. thing. A lot of people that say that they believe things, I'm like, I don't really believe... And, and it's not with judgment. Uh-huh. I'm just like, I feel like if you pushed me at my most religious, I... I'm often fantasized with the Guantanamo, again, not to make light of that, but if you kidnapped me and broke me down, what do I really believe? Yeah, right. You know right. what I'm saying? Like, yeah. just torture or, or food or, or social deprivation might even get you to a truer place right. where I'm like, I don't believe anything. Yeah. That guy in the movie Touching, sorry, sorry. Touching the Void fell... And realized he was an atheist. Like right, he, right. After he survived, you think he might find God in something like that. Anyway, to put it back to you, and I am very talkative today, I'd like everyone to know that I know that, but it is my show. <laughs> I, 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 as, as Pete and I discovered the other night at a little event, I am Pete's exact demographic. And so I will sit and listen to you all day. I am just fine with it. I just... It's you're making me think these things, so I enjoy that. That's what well, that's what the show is about. To Absolutely, me. I'm energized that I don't know that much about you. I'm energized that I'm your fan, and I'm energized at the few times we've hung out. So I'm excited. The point is, and what I am going to put to you is that my father uh, said whether or not he really believes it. He was kind of vague on that, mm-hmm. but he was like, "You're better with it than you are without it." And he's very old school in that you go to church because the I'm, I'm going to be weird here, but mm-hmm. the fucked up family that uh, the dad, the, although my dad was an alcoholic, but, you know, they're like beating each other and the kids are hellions with rat tails and tattoos, things that, you know, me and my brother had except for the tattoos. Mm-hmm. Those were the non-church people. So you stay in line. It's kind of a mad men thing. Like you, you, it's about appearance. Sure. As Pete Campbell said, it's all about what it looks like. <laughs> I also freak you out with my you have Wikipedia an, an, an unnerving depth of uh, Mad Men references. references. I made one in your living room. We'll, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. But do you think it was a cultural thing? Was it like a to fit in thing, or did they? Or do you remember having? No, no. For my parents. Yeah, why are we going to church? I th- uh, oh no, they. I think they. We went to church because that was yeah, uh, sure, partially cultural and partially familial. But I think also that they are, or at least were then of the mindset that this is this is what you do, not because uh, the neighborhood tells you to do it, but this is what you are supposed to do because the guy upstairs requests it of you or, right. or hopes it of you or right. something. Right, right, right. Um, I know that um, you know that 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 there that. that his my my dad in particular had at least growing up, and I haven't had like major religious conversations with them lately. But I can remember growing up, my dad having a, a moment of uh, speaking of something in terms of feeling some shame because he knew that that the, the that the guy upstairs saw what happened. Like if, even my... if no one else happened, oh. this person saw this being saw it. And so uh-huh. he had someone to be accountable to and he did it was a it was an uncomfortable feeling. Right. 
Um, Did you grow up feeling that God was watching you? Let's just cut to it and jerk off. <laughs> I mean, that's what it is. Certainly. I know that um, the... Uh, <laughs> Garrison Keillor has a great story about masturbating and worrying that the rapture would happen. I really like that you are, you're softening me up on talking about jerking off by saying, Hey, Garrison Keillor talks uh, about jerking off all the time. <laughs> Don't worry. It's oh, a Minnesota wait, thing. Garrison Keillor talks about it? Oh, great. I'll talk about it all day then. I realized <laughs> I also have a joke about that. That's the namesake of my new special is Nice Try the Devil is I was going to jerk off, but it was the day the world was supposed to end. It, I've also talked to other friends that did that. We're uh-huh. worried that Jesus would come back ham and sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> that would be uh, that would be something. Uh, um, hey, I'm happy to see you. The, the first time that I ever uh, masturbated to completion. Like, yeah. So I'm maybe like 12 years old, let's say. Me too, around um, then, and, which is late. Yeah, yeah. I There's think always so. that I, weird I was late kid with a toothpick in his mouth. I didn't. Was, I didn't drink at all until after I was 21 and I didn't try cigarettes till I was like 24 or so. Me too. I um, mean like exactly the yeah, same. I just, uh, what about uh, marijuana? I tried it for the first time two weeks before I graduated from grad school. So it was 2004. So I was... 20... Um, I mean, well, what is that? That's uh, nine years ago? Yeah. So you were... 20... I was 26. Six. Yeah. Uh, I think that's interesting um, the, the the show always has a weird, kind of an outliery sort of. I'm wondering the people that get into sex, drugs. These things are distractions. That's why we like them. Yeah, sex, drugs, alcohol, um, pot, cigarettes. All of those things can like slow you down in different ways. And uh, it's interesting when I, I meet people and I, I hear a, a pattern occurring in. Um, I'm not saying people that do those things are unsuccessful. Right. For every I, I think one rich yeah. summer or or me uh, that, that I consider us being successful people, mm-hmm. you know, there's also fucking Bukowski. You know yep. what I'm saying? Absolutely. And there's uh, some uh, a lot of my friends that are geniuses and stoned constantly. Yeah. To be honest, some of the funniest people I know are stoned constantly. Mm-hmm. But a lot of the people that I know, uh, sex and alcohol and drugs fucking stop them. And yeah. you're not going to hear about them. Right. And that's what makes Bukowski so fucking fun is you're yeah. like, and these shit and <laughs> all the time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so, so the first time that, that I actually got anywhere. Yeah. Um, Please. The next day, so it was late Wait, at well, night. What was the situation? Do you remember? I was in my bedroom. Had you heard about it? Had other people told you about uh, it? No, no. What I did was I, uh, and my parents uh, know this this part of the story, but <laughs> that I went to the uh, Stillwater Public Library, and I went down to the section that had, like, books, on, like, how you talk to teens about sex. Yes. And so I was like, I'm just going to get... Like for these books, but I'm not, I don't want to check them out because I don't because I knew everybody at the library. I was kind of a community involved guy. I was on like this kids council at the library, so I didn't want the librarians to know that I was doing these books at the next meeting. So, this from the guy who just took out what's all happening the, to all my the body. Packs and the, the, um, <laughs> it wasn't enough. One, he got four. Overruled, summer. <laughs> so I, I I came up with this like what I actually still to this day think was a pretty pretty fucking good idea because they had obviously everything had those metal bars in it so if you walked out without checking it off it would go beep 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 right right so I got a backpack I'd like to be clear I had no idea that's why oh I they, thought it was magic uh, they, have, they have metal bars inside of the and that's uh, so they desensitize they demagnetize it, it and then uh, it when it comes back in or something to that effect <laughs> so I took these four books and I shoved them in a backpack like in the in the, you know I was like looking around the stacks making sure nobody's around I stuck them in a the backpack put the backpack on one shoulder then I grabbed a random novel from the fiction section. I went up to the desk. I checked out the novel. And I said, thanks so much. Good to see you. I walked out. Of course, it went beep, beep, beep. And I was like, ugh, 
set down the bag on the outside of the detector, walked back in and said, I, this must not have scanned right. You so they re-demagnetized it. And I was like, thank you. And I walked through. I said, got it. It's all good. Picked up my bag and left. Stole those books from the library. Which then, by the way, when I graduated high school and was heading to college, they were still in my bedroom. And I hadn't looked at them in years, but they were like hidden in a closet. Oh, somewhere. my God. I took them back and put them in the book drop. At the library. Oh my god! And, uh, and those are treasures. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I would love that to see them again. That is so smart, so ballsy. I mean, like yeah, it was a little risky. <laughs> like uh, Strange Days, a movie I uh, referenced too much. Remember, you can like wear somebody else's memory. It. I need to see it. That's all you got. Oh, okay. I mean, you, don't, you don't even really need to see it. But the point is, is I could go skydiving wearing this recorder, oh, right, right. and then you could wear. I wish I could wear that and play back <laughs> that. It was amazing. I'm sure your heart was jacked. It was a heist. It was as exciting as any heist scene I've ever seen in any movie oh, it's such a simple story but I remember that time of like reading the word breast would oh, yeah. have gotten me so mm. fucking horny constantly horny when you see kids it's so weird that we rub them on the head and we're like hey you're playing frisbee that kid has like a raging loaded handgun in his oh, yeah. ears. Exactly. He's constantly thinking about yeah. sex. <laughs> this is oh. what we forget. Yeah. Why, why are we inviting them to sit on laps and stuff? Fucking <laughs> quarantine them. Well, it doesn't it doesn't kick in right away. You get a sure. couple of good years elapsing before it's a <laughs> That's creepy, right. creepy lapse. That's true. So anyway, I had these books and they were very black and white. Like they weren't and literally black and white. Sure. They weren't they were like drawings and sort of like here's what happens when right. you ejaculate. Here's right, what happens right, when right. this. And um, so it was a very sort of uh, scientific approach to it and, and sort of an understanding. But he told you the mechanics? Yeah. All the, you know, drawings of the testes and the, the vast deference and the whole thing. Like, it was all, it was all cross-sections. I still thing. don't understand those cross-sections. I, well, I, I understood <laughs> it enough to be like, okay, that is what I'm going for. Right, Tonight right. is that. Ah. Uh, so this night, um, I, I really went to town. And I had I had kind of like you know checked out checked stuff out before, but this was the time I was like I'm committed. This is gonna happen tonight. You mean I'm you committed. had like diddled a little, but not yeah. Tonight. But I hadn't I hadn't ejaculated. You haven't like, been all the way with yourself. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I've been to third base. I yeah. want a home run. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so this went. on. Wasn't there some fear? I'm sorry. You're just reminding me when you learn when you when you're a kid. Yeah. And we're both about twelve. Uh-huh. And you're starting to get to that age where you know some things aren't true and some things are true. Right. You know, Santa Claus and all that sort oh, yeah. of stuff. So uh, you're starting to put things together and that some of the information you've been given is wrong. But then you're like, if I do this with my dick, I remember being like, it's called beating your meat. Am I supposed mm-hmm. to beat it around? Mm-hmm. Slapping the salami or am I slapping it? Choking the chicken is the best one. I suppose, if yeah. If you understand. But even that, you're not choking it. I had a friend who heard the song Pour Some Sugar on Me and went into a bathroom and poured... Sugar and waited for something to happen. Oh, on, just took down his pants and waited. That is, and of course, so wild. <laughs> I mean, that is the best. Because if no one is telling you anything, and yes. if 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 you don't have the sort of like self drive to go to the library and steal books on it, yeah, you're fucked. I yeah. mean, I guess now it's different because you have the internet, which where you can. Depending on how you want to approach right. it, you can figure out at least even either by watching porn well, could, or by reading about it or whatever. You could but, type in how to masturbate and uh, videos oh. will come up. Oh, but that's that's they, kind of unfortunate. There's yeah, going to be a they're lot gonna of... Be, they're going to be possibly a little more advanced techniques yeah, than what you're yeah, looking for yeah, at that yeah, 12 yeah, yeah. Night. Some sort of choking. Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Self-asphyxiation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I'm 12. I, I commit to this. It takes probably about two hours. Yes. Uh, and I am just like... Going to town. Yeah, can I ask you a question? Yes. <laughs> it was. I took breaks, by the way, because it was. No, painful. no. I understand two hours, and I understand all of this. And I remember, 
it's like opening the gate to Mordor. You know, there's a lot of orcs running around, and there's huge gears, and there's like a water sort mm-hmm. of power plant. <laughs> like, water is spilling. S- steam is involved. That's how I remember somewhat feeling the first time uh-huh. I was getting ready to ejaculate. Because uh-huh, uh-huh. you're like, you're enacting, you're enabling a system. Uh-huh. That has that not hasn't been, yeah. been done. But has been building it's over been the years. Building and you finally throw the switch. Like there will be blood and you got the pine fucking that's my second there will be blood <laughs> reference with you. Uh, one was off mic. Uh, you hit the thing and the steam starts going yeah. a weird conveyor belt. I remember feeling that and that's oh, yeah. why I asked if you were scared, because it was a scary feeling um, for me. I kind of was getting more at like excite like finally. Mm. This was sort of, I had set out a goal and I wanted to achieve it. And, that's great. Uh, um, so finally, it literally took about two hours. And um, <laughs> the next day, it happened, and I was like, whoa. And, you know, I mean, I took breaks in there. I mean, I really, you know, I, the time no was like stimuli. standing up. <laughs> no, I didn't have standing. any. I mean, I had like those drawings, but they weren't, even those were, right. I mean, some of them were exciting, but right. not really. We used to draw our own drawings based on those drawings. Like, oh, I, I was good. so desperate for pornography, I would draw these horrible mannish, almost like R. Crumb sort of uh-huh. beast women, and then be like, you know, it's better without it, actually. <laughs> I'll just think of Julie. <laughs> Julie looks better in here than yeah, down there. Yeah, 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 um, So the next day, I am sore. Like, I've, I've, I've put my body through something that's <laughs> certainly never encountered before. And I remember that I was at Pizza Hut um, that next night, and I went into the bathroom... To take a leak. And I don't remember... I don't know that I had... If I had not looked at myself all day, if I'd been scared to look at myself or whatever, but I looked down as I was peeing, and it... My penis looked <laughs> like... Uh, I mean, looked like... Something like that'd sell a pizza? <laughs> Jake LaMotta uh, after a, an awful fight. I mean, there oh. was that... There was one part that was chafed that still is scarred to this day. There's a little scar. You gave yourself a little purple the business. scar. Yeah. And then it was bruised and like lumpy in all these shapes. And I began to cry in the Pizza Hut bathroom. And in that moment, this is a very long answer to a question you asked me earlier. In that moment, I prayed to God and said, I will, if you make this go back to normal, I will never do that again. That's how all grown men still pray. Absolutely. (laughs) That's that's, that's the most prayerful thing. It's on your dick. I've, I've never had that happen, which I'm very grateful for. And every time I have sex, even protected sex, I'm like, it's not worth it. I mean, something. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah, like on course. Girls, do you watch Girls? I, I'm I'm behind. I'm, I'm behind. This is in season one. Oh, okay, yeah. She goes. What about the stuff that goes up inside the condoms? Yes. And I was like, oh god, we've all thought about that. <laughs> of course. The, oftentimes, the second you, you come, you'll just be like, it's not worth it. The the myriad of things that could happen yeah. to both of us. Oh yeah. It's a wonder anyone ever has. But sex. that's the exact feeling you were talking about. That where the things are you know starting to build and whatever that sort of foggy feeling that you get. Yes. And then and then uh, when you hit the climax. The fog just goes yeah. on, and fucking clarity is instantaneous. Yeah, and you're yeah, like, yeah. What have I done? What am I doing? Yeah, Who are yeah, you? Yeah, you know, yeah, it's yeah. just like this crazy alarm bells. It's a terrifying thing. It's like temporary insanity yeah. that we all experience. And the second, I often, and I've said this. It's weird that I've said this on the show before, but my response often after I masturbate or have sex, to be honest, is often laughter, which mm-hmm. I have to imagine. Uh, or I have to hope with the girlfriends that I've had, they think that's endearing. Right, like, right. That I'm giddy and joyful or whatever. And when I'm alone, though, I come and I laugh at how absurd it is. Suddenly, what made such perfect sense. Yeah. 
I was like, oh, I, I'm going to lay on my bed with my pants down. You know, I mean, and I'm just going to like some sort of uh, stimulation here and some sort of lubricant here. Uh-huh. And then it's all fantasy. And the second you're done, I'm so very much a man on his bed alone uh-huh. looking at footage from the past of other people yeah, yeah, right. who at one point fucked and, and filmed it. And not only I'm I'm past the point where it's like gross. I can still look at sex empty and not be like gross. Yeah. Oh, I remember being little and being like, Aah! oh yeah, yeah. All of a sudden, it, it, it was over. For back. me, it was it was it was sort of that image then became mixed with a sort of not shame maybe, but like I can't I can't look at this. It's not leading to yes. it. You know, there was a point and now there's not, and I can't. That's you right. Know what I mean, I don't want to. Maybe Mar- I don't know if it was I didn't want to waste it, but it was like I don't want. I just can't do that. Oh, that's interesting. Marin, Mark Marin has a funny joke where he says, "When you masturbate to pornography, you're done, but the party's still going." <laughs> and I'm always fascinated with that idea. One of the favorite moments on the podcast, I was talking to um, this guy Dove who goes to orgies, Dove Davidoff, and he and he's pretty openly sexual mm-hmm. guy, actually very openly sexual guy. And I, he talked about there being a buffet and there being people fucking everywhere. And I asked him a very sincere question. I was like, well, you fuck and you come. And when you before you come, the orgy makes perfect sense. Right. So you're looking around and you're like, this is the best day of my life. And I was like, but then you come and now you're reasonable again. Yeah. And now you're just like, whatever voice is in your head, for me, it's church telling me how sacred and special sex is and how bonding it is. And my mother telling me that it's like this tool to keep marriages together you know all that comes back the second you you come and then i was like what do you do and he goes well that's when you go to the buffet (laughs) (laughs) it's it's worth retelling (laughs) do you remember your first porn uh i do it was called um (laughs) perfect partners i believe Uh, tell me it was a perfect stranger's uh, knock it it wasn't unfortunately (laughs) it was like it was like um i think it's called perfect partners but I was babysitting, and um, I was again. You know, this maybe was a year, like maybe thirteen-ish area. Yeah. So and you're you're you passed the threshold though. We're just, yeah, we're, it's happened at this point. Yes. Um, and so I, uh, there was something wrong with the speaker at, at the house where I was babysitting, and I reached up behind the speaker to kind of fiddle with the wires, and I felt a VHS tape. And I brought it down and I looked at it, and it said "Perfect Partners," and I was like. <laughs> VHS tape behind a speaker called that like it didn't show that it was pornographic yeah, yeah, anywhere, yeah. but it I was wasn't like, red. Some of it were red. No, it wasn't red, it was white label. <laughs> and I was like, um, I gotta put this in the VCR. So I put it in the VCR. Kids and in bed. Kids oh kids are in bed. Totally <laughs> um, and I put it in the VCR and it's mid of film. course. It's and, never at the beginning. And these two people are fucking on the lawn of a house. Uh, like doggy daytime? style. Daytime. And I was like so I quick I wrote down the counter of where the tape was. Yeah. You know, like took down the timer and then I rewound it and started at the beginning. And I just I really didn't, I didn't even like jerk off to it. This I just took in as cinema and it was sort of like <laughs> it was just blown away. It was a story of these people. I mean there was definitely a story. They were all strangers and they came to this house and they met each other. But it was the first time I had seen an image of so of a, of a man coming, uh-huh. like, and I was sort of like, sort of repulsed and totally intrigued, yes. and sort of like, how, what, you know, is that what I'm yes. like, and like trying to kind of figure it all out. Yes, um, it, yeah, that that there's, it's never been like that again. Even though I wasn't jerking off, like, right, it's never been like that exactly. It, 
I, I, you know, I didn't ask you to tell you mine, but you made me remember mine. And I didn't have a VCR because I couldn't put in the family VCR. It was my brother's. All right. So I put in a camcorder. And it was one of those little black yeah. Oh, yeah. black and white viewfinders. And the V-hold was broken, so it you know, <laughs> was rolling, always rolling. Basically, what you do on Mad Men to make it look like a fake bad TV. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> this is a real bad TV. That's tiny with a little magnifier. Yeah, and it was too, uh, I'd, I'd have to say, milfy. I, I'm so struck at how your preferences, the neural pathways, uh-huh. can be set oh, yeah. at the beginning. Because the first image of pornography in video form that I saw was t- was two girls, and they were like milfy, and I think they were 69ing. And I, th- I watched it for about two seconds, mm-hmm. and talk about heart jacked, had to hit stop. We're grown men. We don't have anything like this anymore. Oh, yeah. You and I would have to rob a liquor store. Oh yeah, to do to get to that to, level, uh, absolutely. absolutely. And I watch and just like I knew the way that some people drink coffee the first time or, or alcohol, uh-huh. I knew I was going to be addicted to whatever that was. And I'm not saying I'm addicted to porn, but just like sexuality in oh, general. Yeah. I was like, oh, this is the business. Yeah, I'm going to be obsessed with this. But then you know you got the church telling you that that's bad, right. which then only ultimately kind of makes it better. Yeah. <laughs> what about what about the virginity? When are, you said you were late with everything, I'm assuming I that. was. I well, the virginity thing came in college. Um, I had I had had a long time girlfriend in high school and we never went there uh, we both both and it was religious uh, we both uh, or why my, my thing was was religious I was it was that I, I it was rooted in religion but the way I said it was I, I'm just not going to do that till I'm married I didn't say because Jeebus said I just said did you see, say Jeebus I did I, yes. yeah, sorry because Jesus said no are you I, kidding this is a Simpsons friendly era yes exactly <laughs> um, but I, I it wasn't because of that it was just or it, but I think it was inside, but but the way I phrased it was not going to do it. We're not going to forget to talk about this, so just put a pin right here. Where's the Mad Men Simpsons episode? What happened? It did. Yeah, um, you were a voice on the Simpsons. I wasn't a voice on it, but it it happened. I, but I'm talking about oh, there's that, an image of me on it. I mean, there's a uh, Simpsonized me getting the the lawnmower uh, spray. Oh, okay. Homer goes to work at an ad agency. John Slattery's the voice on it. And he's, uh, he's they should have got everybody. Yeah, I don't know. Given the old Silver Fox I'd, more I'd love. Like to do, well, Ham's done an episode, and then Lizzie, uh, Elizabeth Moss just did an episode as well. So, All right. Well, I'm sure a lot of Simpsons writers listen to this, so make it out. <laughs> <laughs> so sorry. Keep going. Should I pr- try out some voices as I tell this? No, I just want you to be you. I want you to be Harry. <laughs> I want, isn't that weird? I just said, I want you to be you. I want, I want you, you to be, be Harry. Harry. Yeah, yeah, Most of the Ham interview was him going, I'm, I'm not Don Draper. <laughs> right, right. The whole time. Right. I was like, okay. Uh, so anyway, Don. Um, what the I hell should have said, I know you're Dick Whitman. Anyway, oh, oh, oh yes. The, yeah. Yes, you should. <laughs> um, Virginia. So I wasn't going to. And then uh, in college, I had a longtime girlfriend. Uh, Can I ask you something about yes. the pledge to stay till marriage? Yes. Was there an element of that? Because I know it was for me that it... It was an anxiety reduction because it just takes it off the table. Yes, yeah. definitely. The, the main reason that we did it um, was Wait, uh, this high school. Yeah, waited. Uh, this high school girlfriend of mine is because we liked. Uh, she, I was a senior and she was uh, graduated, so she uh, went to college. But some of that year, she lived in Stillwater, mm-hmm. uh, just a, a mile from my house, and we liked staying over at each other's houses. But as high schoolers, our parents weren't like too hip to that. And so uh, we wrote out this thing uh, saying, we will not have sex. We will not have sex until we are married. Did he sign it? Signed it. Gave it to my dad. and my Handwritten. Dad, my, yep. yep. And my dad, God love him, <laughs> said, um, Watermark? Okay. 
you said it. Yeah, watermark, notarize. Uh, uh, financial uh, pen- penalty. Wait, um, were you the good boy? I mean, I was pretty good. Of other children? Um, no, actually, it's fun. I ran in a good crowd. None yeah. of us drank. None of us smoked. None of us did any of that stuff. And I was probably the bad kid of that group. Okay. Um, but you still had some cash built up with your parents. Oh, and my parents. write absolutely. a letter. They, they did trust me. And, and with reason. I, I really didn't That's break me. it. When know? I was in college and stuff, uh, I could have girls in my room with the door closed and oh, yeah. all that sort of stuff. Which at my college wasn't allowed. No, same with mine. My parents would be like, that's fine. Yeah. Because I was, I'm Petey Sweet. No, I, I definitely, they, they knew. <laughs> and so we didn't. And, and we, for that reason, I either slept at her house or she slept at my house almost every year of my senior year. Uh-huh. Um, never had sex. Spooning. Uh, yeah, yeah, but you know, hugging and uh, you rolling know, around, rolling around. I mean, we we certainly had interaction. We just didn't right. have intercourse. Right, orgasms um, had. Uh, oh, certainly. Yeah. <laughs> so As I asked that, I was like, maybe that's super. In college, <laughs> in college, I had a girlfriend, and I had been pretty adamant that I wasn't going to go there. And again, um, so still, still, did you show her the letter? <laughs> if you could just cross that name out, write yours in there. But I, um, I read. I was in health class. I, I, I had summer school. Yeah, uh, at college, I, I had summer school all the time because I was a fucking terrible student. Oh. Um, so I had summer school this time in college, and I took a health class. And during the health class, you know, you, you were given sort of like, uh, read a couple books on whatever you want. And one of the books I read was Dr. Drew and Adam Carolla wrote a Loveline book. Oh. And I read the Loveline book. And I, told, I had opportunity to tell this to Dr. Drew, which uh-huh. was a very, um, I don't know if he cared or if, I mean, he seemed, he seemed okay with it. Yeah. Um, but basically I, I read and they said in there something to the effect of, look, um, it, it, it can't be made so precious. Yeah. This thing, um, and if you are of a certain age, I don't remember what the age was, and you haven't yet, then you might want to examine why you haven't, and maybe check out if you need to like think about it. maybe something's wrong, basically oh. in your head or something oh, in, in your, your head. history yeah, yeah, yeah. or in. And I was over that age, whatever it was, and um, I was like, you know, okay, well, fuck it. So I had my my girlfriend over and. Um, we were watching the movie Fear with Reese uh, Witherspoon and uh, Mark Wahlberg. I think you're not the first person to have Fear come into their... Oh, I hope. The movie Fear. Yeah. <laughs> right. No, fear is in all of, our, <laughs> all of our first stories. That's um, just me making sure it's recording, by the way. Not at all. <laughs> but, but yeah, so then... Um, yeah, so I, I lost my virginity to the movie Fear. We, which has we like a female masturbation scene in he, it, doesn't He kind of... Oh, I he fingers on, it. On the roller coaster. Yeah. yeah. And it's pretty graphic. Mm-hmm. Relatively, yeah. I don't think it ever shows below the belt, but it does certainly go there. And that, did you finish the movie? Uh, we did finish the movie, but but I believe we, I, I probably finished everything much longer. It was like, oh, we stand, we still have the movie to watch. This yeah. is great. You know, it's, uh, it's not a very. Uh, it's funny. That's a, that's another genre like pornography. The movies that had nudity in them. Uh huh. That were like I've still never seen Sixteen Candles because they either my buddy was lying or they wouldn't let him rent it. I guess it might be R. I think it is R. Yeah. But I was just talking to somebody recently about how the boobs that go by an airplane or uh-huh. the airplane too. There's turbulence, mm-hmm. and for no reason a topless woman goes by, and I was just like, "That's the greatest thing ever." And they were '70s boobs. I know that movie was like the '80s, but oh no, still, I, yeah. still had '70s boobs. You know where the rib cage is real? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Ah, uh, you do. I, 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 Revenge I mean, of the Nerds. 
Oh, yeah. Humorless. All of, all of those. When that nudity came on, I was like, the laughs are over. <laughs> Everyone has to go. Like, I just I, got I, real. I couldn't wait to be alone with that film. And uh-huh. I didn't even have it. I'm watching at a friend's house. <laughs> so I just jerked off right there. I had, <laughs> I had a friend who had, his parents, of course, had HBO and Cinemax. And so oh my stayed up God. late and watched movies. And it was... I would stay up. I, to me, staying up to midnight was unheard of. Oh, I think absolutely. I sta- the first time I stayed up till 1 a.m. was because a movie came on Cinemax, and I remembered the, you know, the letters. And I'm a little uncomfortable admitting this, but, like, I just wanted to see some boobs. Yeah. But it said, like, n- graphic nudity. It was uh-huh. like, great. Se- adult content, whatever. And then it had R for rape. Oh. That's one of them. Really? One of them was rape. So old Petey Pants, young Petey Pants, had to make a choice. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? I'm sorry to admit, at that age, nudity was nudity. He's got a trunk. I don't care who's being <laughs> violated. It's a, I, I had to be very adult. I was like, it's all pretend. That's right. And I'm going to enjoy... I, I couldn't, though. It, was a guy, it wasn't that bad, but it did have a girl tied up. And that's one of those things that I was grateful, even then, I think, and I'm grateful now, that I don't necessarily... Not that there's anything wrong with that, but I'm glad my thing isn't necessarily tying people up. Yeah, same here. You know what I mean? Yeah. I talk about it on stage. I'm like, I'm very glad that I'm turned on by vaginas and boobs because there's no end. Not only online, but you can meet someone and you can see visually that they have both vagina and boobs, depending if you're bike riding. (laughs) (laughs) Right, right. And then you're like, I'm in business. It's not this weird thing where it's like, do you mind if I come on a pigeon and send <laughs> send it to you? Because that's the only way that's I can just how I get off. No, I totally agree, and I wonder. I don't know if that's because I didn't start till late, sort yes. of on all that stuff, or, or that you know, again, my initial sort of uh, entree to pornography were the black and white uh, bisection drawings in right, uh, right. Know. Oh, but, very very standard. You know, yeah, like super like uh, sterile, really. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I have a very pedestrian sort of interest when it comes to, right. to anything. It's not something I, um, I, I just, I, I never really had any inkling. And, and in fact, like for me, if, if, if pornography, if I'm going to watch something pornographic, it's generally, sorry, you know, if I'm going to watch something por- pornographic, it's going to usually be um, very... Uh, bare bones, uh, you know. <laughs> usually, a woman by herself. Like I was I just really, gonna say, I can't believe my, you said that. That is that is my. I life. was like, what? When you're done talking, I'm gonna tell you that I, <laughs> I, you know, what's great about watching a girl masturbating is you're doing the same thing, right? And no one's getting hurt. Yeah, no yeah, yeah. You know, it's all like, very mild. Like she knows when to back it yeah, off. Right, right. It's right. fine. And then if I'm being sad and honest, there is. <laughs> There's a part of me that's like, oh, this is almost like we're boyfriend, girlfriend, and we're webcamming each other. Something I've never done and sure. wouldn't have no, the I balls to do. But I'm like, oh, it's kind of romantic. We're, we're doing it together. Sure. Sort of I know that's pathetic. It's not, I wouldn't say it's pathetic. I just think there's something vulnerable, maybe. Absolutely. That. Yeah, there's a I little totally bit agree. of vulnerability. So your, your first one was your first virginity lost story. Yes. Watched Fear. Yes. Had sex, stayed with that girl a while. Yeah, yeah, for for until I went to grad school, basically. So four years? Uh, no, no. I we this was later in college. A oh, okay. Bit. So it was. I don't remember exactly. But that is that is late. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And you said you didn't start drinking till twenty one. Twenty one and and four months or so. Yeah. So wait, not on your birthday? Not on my birthday. Yeah. I I was adamant about that. Like I I was like, look, I've made it this far. 
I don't want the first time that I drink. Cause, and also, I had sort of a an inflated image of what it was going to be to be drunk. Yeah. And uh, I Isn't also that... was super judgmental of it and was like, you yeah. know, I'm... I'm I'm not going to go and act like an asshole and all this and ruin my birthday. I don't want to do right. that. Like I, I would be willing to do it, but um, I don't. I don't necessarily want to have it be on my birthday that that happens. Yeah, so. you didn't want to be a cliche. I didn't want it to. Well, be that's a, cliche, a very but. mature thing to realize. Uh, sure, I yeah. would say it's a good. No, no, that makes sense. I mean, I, I it is uh, the the immaturity is that the, when I did decide to drink. Uh, it was a Bartles and James in a, uh, we got a hotel room, me and uh, my girlfriend, uh, just, you know, for safety's sake. I drank two of them and I... Um, is that a beer? Uh, it's like a, uh, I think it is a malt. Oh, it's malt malted. Uh-huh. But it's it's like, a, you know, peach flavor. There's a, like peach or they have whatever. It's like a wine yeah, cooler. Yeah, I think it's a wine yeah, cooler. Yeah, is that yeah, yeah. what it is? A wine cooler. I think I still want wine coolers. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with like a nice wine spritz or something. But when this Bartles and James was not. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm remembering now. It looks like a Michelob bottle. Yeah, sort yeah, of. Yeah, yeah. kind of. Or, um, or yogurt. <laughs> but it didn't, um, it wasn't like a nice... Thing for me, I got really hot. I had a, a reaction, basically. I got really almost like an allergic reaction. Yeah, sort of rashy and sort of hot and really agitated. Yeah, and I only had, I may have had two over the course of a night. Yeah, um, but I, I know we had a big fight, and really? like it really just didn't, it didn't go well. What was your association with alcohol up until that? Were, were your parents drinkers? Um, there was always alcohol around. Yeah, uh, I mean, in in our family, it's been there. Um, but did you associate it with fighting? Is that what you thought was yeah, supposed to happen? Like, I mean, I knew that the, that sometimes people weren't at their at their best when they were drunk, certainly. And, right. Um, but I also like for me the main association was um, the people that I went to high school who were getting drunk, who were showing up you know, hungover, and right. I would just be like, Bleh. I was super, just super judgy. I mean, yeah. anyone yeah. who knew me in high school will tell you that I was. I, I, I was super judgy of people yeah, who smoked yeah, yeah. cigarettes or smoked pot or, or yeah. drank. So so crazy judgmental like 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 you are fucking stupid really like, like just really like let people have it my, my high school girlfriend included i was not kind to her oh like, she whenever. did i mean rarely but when she did you were there i was to just a total <laughs> yeah i was there to make sure it was no fun isn't that funny uh it's something i asked uh old Don, uh, donnie drapes and i really liked his answer and i'm gonna tell you his answer because i i, I one thing that i hate is Feeling like I'm being put on the spot. Sure. And I hate putting people on the spot. So uh, I asked John Ham. I was like, do you think more people smoke and drink because of Mad Men? And then I said, I'd like to say that I think people do because I've paused Mad Men. And I'm a non-smoker. And gone and bought cigarettes. And because it looks like so much fun. Wow. And I'll say, um, even though I would consider myself whatever you want to say, anti-smoking in the way that everybody is. Sure, it's, right. it's, everybody thinks it's bad for you. Yeah, I agree, and it's something you'd probably rather not do. Uh, it is fucking fun to sit and drink and smoke while Roger is drinking and smoking. Yeah, Let me tell you something. Me and Zach Kreger did this, and he smoked, so I ended up smoking. And then the next day I had a podcast, and I was like, I'm never smoking again, <laughs> just for lung capacity. Yeah. I was lethargic. It does a number. Just, it does a number, especially if you're just... Uh, me and Zach Galifianakis talked about this. There are people that have the stock... That, that can smoke. Yeah. It's like they're just made out of beef jerky. Yeah. And they're just like, smoke is my natural place. Certainly it's not. Right. But then right. there's soft, doughy men Pinky, like me. Pink lungs. Yes. Nice, gentle That's cilia. Yeah. Four cigarettes and I'm Ooh. fucked for a week. Yeah. But it was fun. And, and this is the embarrassing moment that um, it was the most recent episode. 
and it opens in Pete's apartment, mm-hmm. and you're talking to the Heinz guy. By the way, there's gonna be spoilers. <laughs> yeah, be pro- forewarned. Pro- probably not. Uh, <laughs> but if there are, we'll we'll warn you. Uh, but the thing was, the guy from Heinz is drinking vodka on the rocks, right. which is what I was drinking, and I had already had a couple uh, at dinner with him. So I, I literally, in that vulnerable, honest moment, I go. Oh, <laughs> They're drinking what we're drinking. In my stupid Mad Men glassware that I have, <laughs> I have a framed picture of, of Don Draper. It's, uh-huh. I know it's John, but it's, you know, the character yeah. in, the, in my hallway. You know what I mean? So, like, I'm the idiot. And, I, and what John Hamm said was, he says, maybe, I certainly don't take accountability for them, uh-huh. which I thought was a good answer. Uh-huh. Uh, has anyone ever asked you that before? Uh, oh, yeah. Okay, because he said, no, was he fucking with me? No, no, no. He said he's never gotten that before. Uh, no, I've, I've, well, maybe not asked in that exact phrasing, but okay. certainly it's a common feeling uh, that people have related of, like, when I watch the show, I feel I need to right. have a cigarette or have it. I mean, when I watched Sopranos, we had spaghetti and red wine That's every single time. That's what I said, to, and, and, and John said, and kill people, <laughs> which he's making the point yes, that... Yes, I understand. But um, I was just watching, oh, I'm going to forget his name... Oh, God. He's a wonderful comedian. I saw him in Australia. I'm forgetting his name. He's the character that Mo Sislak is based after. I think his name also might be Rich, which is why I'm blanking on his last name. But anyway, he had an interesting bit about um, violent video games and violent movies leading to to shootings. And whenever that happens, they go like, no, no, no. And this is his bit, by the way. This is not my bit. He goes, no, no, no what people see doesn't infect their behavior. And then he goes, well, what is advertising? And he's like, we're in a room full of people that changed insurance because a lizard told them to. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So it's a valid point. Mm-hmm. And I'm here to say, I smoke and drink watching Mad Men. And uh, I'm not saying this negatively, by the way. I'm interested in what you think about that. I mean, I, I, you know, for me, when I watch a show, if it's a show... I mean, it could be, you know, like I watch Breaking Bad. I don't, I certainly don't feel inspired to do meth. Yeah, yeah. But, but I don't think they, they are, no one who's doing meth on that show is having any fun. Right. <laughs> That's so, true. Uh, but there are times that I have, say, uh, if I've turned off an episode of Breaking Bad and I've gotten into my car, I might drive a little faster. Yeah. Because you're still sort of in that yeah. world, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, which and is I, why it's fun to go to that world. I absolutely. Don't, I don't want to live in the world of Ned Flanders and be afraid of my Geo. You know, right. You, get, you, you immerse in it. And one of the ways to immerse when you're watching a movie or, or a TV show or whatever is to sort of take part in the things that they are taking part of. Whether it's some people dress up or some people, you know, they role play a little bit. I mean, some people might have a, an extra scotch or a cigarette. Right. I mean... I, for me, that's certainly a, that's how it happens to me. I think yeah. John's right in in making clear that you know uh, we had Mad Men take no responsibility ah. for anyone who's smoking. <laughs> but I think that also it's um, I mean it's uh, you know for as a viewer of shows, it's an understandable feeling. I mean, if I, someone I have that. do you have those ice cream pizza? Mm-hmm. Those are things. If someone eats an ice cream cone, oh yeah, no, I'm there's fine. just something so stupid in our brain. The, the, the switch gets flipped, and I want it. Now. Yeah, and, I've, and let's take Mad Men out of the table because I hate when people ask me about things that I'm involved with. That is your livelihood. You know what sure. I mean? So we can just talk about the general idea, uh, breaking up with people. Or here's a weird one that I'm often thinking about: is like, like let's say there's some girl in your life that, uh, and and I'm being honest, this isn't me, but I'm just saying. There's some girl in your life, and you know it's wrong. But then you watch a TV show, and the girl kind of looks like her. Mm-hmm. And then there's some sex scene. And then, like, 
you wouldn't necessarily put it together, mm-hmm. but maybe you call her. Yeah. Sure. And maybe you have sex with her. Or maybe, um, now I am bringing it back to Batman, but you don't seem uncomfortable. Maybe a show like Mad Men could even like validate cheating on your girlfriend or something. Yeah, I mean, but that's that goes then to, to John's point of, I mean, killing people from watching Sopranos or whatever. I mean, it's you, you do have to be able to draw the line right. where you let yourself kind of involve, your, involve yourself in the theme of it right. or in the sort of action of it to feel a little more... Uh, immerse, so it just yes. feels a little more immediate or a little more present right. watching that show. Right. But, but no, I don't. I also don't think our show makes smoking look that cool. Well, uh, I don't think it. I, I mean, you've seen people do the most fucking awful things when they're drunk. Anytime right. anyone uh, is right. above a right. comfortable buzz, right. someone gets fucked. Right, right, right. And, and not in a good physical way, right, I mean, right, right. in an awful way. Right. And then as far as cheating goes, I mean, just the, the two episodes ago, oh, God. episode three of this season, I get terrifying, yeah. terrifying, terrifying. I mean, for, if anything, it actually gave me every argument that, of why I will not right. ever. Right, right, right. Uh, and that. you know, I mean, I'm thinking of Roger vomiting oysters. Yeah, and I'm, I'm thinking of a, a million other things. His heart and attacks. His heart attacks. <laughs> and there's exactly why didn't I think of that? But there's there's never been a better case for for not cheating than what happened oh. to Pete. And if in case you're not caught up, we're not going to say what it was. But I have never been more nervous. And I told you this when I saw you the other night. I'm worried for Pete, mm-hmm. and I'm really fucking worried for uh, Don Draper. Uh, like it's just so fucking stupid. They're flying too close to the sun. Yeah, Everybody's right. flying too close to the sun. And it, and it's really, really wild. But th- you know what's interesting to me? When we're talking about killing, though, uh, watching The Sopranos, I'm going to say, just for me, that I am, and this is crazy, but like, if I did kill somebody uh, because of Breaking Bad and because of The Sopranos, even if it was like unintentional, it's whatever scenario, whatever mm-hmm. combo of words you need me to say to have it be like, oh, that wasn't his fault, but right. it's sketchy. Right. And he's in, you know, Vermont and it's very dark. <laughs> I would know because of Breaking Bad how to get the tub with the type of plastic that doesn't dissolve. Sure. In the, I believe it's hydrochloric acid. Yeah. Um, and, and how to dissolve them and uh, don't use your tub because remember that. Right. And that guy that just sent the letter to Obama that was laced with poison. Do you remember what poison they used? Ricin. Ricin. Yeah. Why do I know ricin from Breaking Bad? Is that why you know ricin? No, I knew, I I remembered it just from the article the other day, but, but yeah, but, but they use ricin and they've killed many people on the show with ricin. Of course. And, you know, I'm, um. What is it? I have a confirmation bias? No, I don't know if that's correct here. I have a confirmation bias when it comes to religion. I've learned from comments on this podcast. <laughs> uh, but certainly, I, I'm, I'm reverse engineering the theory. I'm going, oh, I know ricin because if A plus B equals C. I know because of uh, Breaking Bad. Maybe this killer or this attempted killer also watches it. Yeah. Kind of dumb. It's not dumb. I'm just saying it's not... I, I have trouble... And I have no research to back anything up, but I have trouble with those who claim things like, um, and I know you, you know you, you spoke to the point of uh, Rich Mosislak, uh, his yeah. point of, yeah. um, you know, we have people who changed insurance because a lizard told them to. I still have problems with uh, being told that um, violent video games or violent movies or whatever are the thing that is making um, people snap. Right. I, but similarly. I have trouble with someone telling me that more gun control won't help because, uh, you know, th- those people uh, who snap like that uh, 
don't care about regulations and whatever. Uh, right, I, to right, me, right. To me, to me, it's sort of. Um, I am. I am hugely pro gun control. I am. I am hugely pro background check. All all of that shit. I probably go too far left on it. Sure. And and yes, take take the guns out of their hands. I don't. I actually don't care if you're allowed to hunt anymore. I don't care. Like, I don't care. Um, and if you come up with a reason, if you come up with a reason that that um, my owning, you know, a lot of board games will, and it's my favorite hobby, yeah. will lead me to possibly uh, get something into the hands of someone who is going to. Uh, shoot a school, kill kids, with uh, board kill games. kids with board games. Somehow, yeah, yeah, then yeah. I will sell all my board games right now, or give them to the government for free, or whatever it right, takes. Right, right, right. I don't. I just don't understand that. You know, I'm always. I, <laughs> you know, this is never a political show, and it's never a uh, a show like this. But we did come about it very, uh, very organically. Sure. I. I. I uh, yeah. What was I just going to well, say? Well, the point. The point that I was oh, making yeah, is ahead. that I. Similarly to. Um, not believing that video games and violent movies necessarily oh, yes. teach you how to kill. I have trouble, or teach you to be a killer. I have trouble uh, believing that even if even if someone learned about ricin on Breaking Bad, and I bet you Vince Gilligan, who created that show, would have a real bad day the day he found that out. Yeah, if that was the case, and right. I, no one's claiming it is, by the way, just to be clear. Yeah, yeah. But but the Vinny connection G, you're, you're making, good with us. The connection you're making, <laughs> yeah, um, is. Uh, that person was not made, uh, was not put on edge necessarily by Breaking Bad. Breaking Bad is not the thing that made them into a killer. Breaking Bad is not, even if, and it's entirely hypothetical, but even if, say, someone heard about Ryson from a show like Breaking Bad, um, I couldn't blame the show for for using what is a piece of science or a piece of, of public... Publicly available, or the knowledge. hydrochloric acid, or the holiday. Which is also, also, I mean, they have researchers who figured that shit out. Right, right. They were like, "Well, what would happen if you poured this into the tub?" And you can Google. Oh shit! The it same. would go through the fucking floor. You can Google the same thing. Absolutely, it's, it's and you could like, have before Breaking Bad. That's like, exactly right. You know, I, I think that I think it takes away our humanity. What what I hear you saying, and I think why it's such a sensitive issue, is that we would like to think, and maybe we should be able to think. And you and I certainly think watching The Sopranos isn't going to make us kill somebody. Right. Um, it's just it's just hard uh, when it is revealed on the other way way far side of the spectrum. We say you and I both said you see someone eating ice cream. There is this idiot part of your brain that goes, "Oh, sweet, creamy." Yeah, but you know, I liked ice cream before I saw The Sopranos. Right. I, and if you are <laughs> someone who has a propensity for murdering, yeah, uh, or you know, you have a list of people you want to kill, and all you need is someone to be like, right. "Oh, look, a TV character right, kills someone," right, right. and then you go. I mean, that's that, I well, think we, there, it's two different parts of your brain. We want control. That's yeah. what that's what makes it frustrating, and, and part of being a human is having some control. And sure. I think that's what makes mental illness and all these different things so troubling yeah. is to have your brain, the thing that you trust the most, start giving you misinformation. Absolutely. And then you're killing people in the cliche for the devil or right. whatever right. it is. Right, right. Uh, which is just a, a scary, scary feeling. You know what I'm going to say to you uh, now? <laughs> you don't. Is, uh, <laughs> is I... Um, God, I'm forgetting his name. He's Bill Murray's brother. His Joel name Murray? is Joe Murray. I ran into Joel Murray, and uh, he and I were talking about um, Matt Weiner. Mm-hmm. And he was saying that Matt is the kind of guy that will look at you and be like, you know, the, he said to Joel Murray, I believe, he was like, there's a real sadness about you. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's something about you, and that's why he's writing in, uh, and this is a season three, two spoiler. Yeah, yeah. So 
Fuck you if you haven't. <laughs> I mean, the show's been out for a good long while. Yeah. Get on board. Uh, the peeing thing mm-hmm. and, and that sort of stuff plays to how he looks and how he is. And I was very fascinated with that idea. Here's the thing about you, and this is, you know, the podcast calling you man weird. Uh, I'm not trying to make it weird, though. There's a, there's such a, you're such a sweetie. You're a sweetie. You're sweet. It doesn't make any, it makes perfect sense to me what you're telling me about running with the sweet kids mm-hmm. and not fucking until you're married or at least trying and not drinking and smoking and all this yeah. different stuff. You break my heart. The, the image of you in your undershirt, I know it's an older season, uh-huh. calling your wife and saying you just want to come home. That, to me, is Weiner writing to you, yeah. Rich Summer. And that's why you are successful on the show. Sure. Yeah, well, look, I, I am... I think. I, I mean, you're successful because you're a good actor, but you see what I'm saying. No, I totally know what you're saying. I, I, don't, um, I don't believe at all, I can say, unequivocally, I do not believe in psychics or clairvoyance or... Um, uh, you know, and anything of yeah. that ilk. I don't believe in any of that. It, the person that I've met, uh, as far as being able to best read a personality from an initial meeting, is yeah. Matt Weiner. That's great. And I, I again, not I am in no way suggesting that it is supernatural, but he does have I an really ability. Wish you would. <laughs> <laughs> he does have an ability to sort of look at someone and at least size up what they're capable of yeah. in a performance. Yes. Um, and write to that. Yes. Uh, and he definitely um, does that. And as he's gotten to know us over the years, he's written to us. Now, Harry has sort of been put into new situations um, and has, has been given a little more room to let his freak flag fly and has done so yeah. with, with great uh, excitement. Yeah. Um, but I don't think, you know, I just today, um, and by the time this goes, who knows what today would have meant. Yeah. Um, but I was just, uh, I engaged very briefly the TV critic for The New Yorker, who had tweeted something to the effect of... Um, <laughs> you were, maybe, that's what he tweeted? No, it was a woman, <laughs> first off. You oh, that's my bitch. woman laugh. Oh, that's what, <laughs> <laughs> uh, she, she tweeted something to the effect of, you remember when Harry Crane was a nice guy? Um, I remember that he, uh, you know, felt... Uh, he's gotten a big... It was something about him getting big for his britches. Since this last episode aired a couple of days ago, I've been getting a ton of tweets about... How it was uncalled for, Harry, to make these demands that you made, to say the things you've said, and 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 I, I, I started to get a little defensive about it. So my tweet back to her was, um, I don't. Oh, she said something like he used to be happily married, and I I tweeted back and said I don't recall a time that Harry Crane was happily married. Yeah. Um, also, he is making a ton of money for Sterling Cooper Draper Price. Yeah. And um, could he be nicer? Sure. But if you go what back, what are they talking about? To Joan. Yeah, the stuff to Joan. But it's legitimate. I mean, I it's that's mean. Thing. It's mean. That episode, not just you, assassinated Joan on a lot of Absolutely. Absolutely. It was actually very unpleasant. Oh, it was entirely unpleasant. And I was but, like, season one, Joan, where have you gone? But see, that's... that. The, I, I, you know, they said... The first time I heard it, and everyone has heard it in some form or another, but the first time I heard this phrase was in a, a text analysis class in grad school where they said... Uh, characters don't change, their situations do, right? Mm-hmm. Same thing. People don't change, their situations do. So mm-hmm. if you have a friend who uh, they got rich and famous and then they turned into a complete asshole, uh, they were always waiting to be an asshole. Yeah, and now they found secretly. an avenue to get to be an asshole. They've been greenlit. Yeah. And now they know they don't have anything to lose so they can tell you what they really feel. Right. They haven't changed. Yeah. They've just, their situation has changed. Oh, Same God. with Harry Crane. I don't think Harry has changed a bit. If you look back at those first You're season very things, ambitious. he was always ambitious. Yeah. He was always sort of edged, edgy, and he was uh, always um, 
shitty. I mean, he's shitty to people sometimes. Yeah. He said shitty things. Yeah. And he kissed people's asses. Yeah. And he did all the things that he needed to do to climb up. Now, he has a very powerful job at the firm. Yeah. And he can... He's right, by the way. Swing he's totally yeah. right yeah. in that Joan is a partner. Yeah. And she... She had sex to get there. Yeah, yeah, That's, yeah. It's unequivocal. Yeah. How do you know that? How does your character know I think know it was, a, a, the, as far as I know, I think it was a rumor. It was sort uh, of a, you know, I don't know that there's any con- confirmation to it. I don't right. know if Pete ever said anything right, or something right. like that. But no, we oh, have wait, not there seen... is that look. I think there's a look where it's like nobody was supposed to. Or Pete is overcompensatingly Pete, in that Pete scene. Pete says, like, I'm like, what are you, you talking about? Yeah, what are you about? talking about? And Harry says, you know, you know damn, damn well. well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so I don't know. I, there's, there's no, I, you know, to, to this point, there's been no confirmation of how Harry got that information. Yeah. It's an assumption, at least. Right. Uh, so, which makes it slightly one. shittier. Yeah. But, it, but it's sort of a safe one. She was a secretary and now she's not. She's right. a fucking partner. Right, right. And like, she's and hot as shit. He's the head of TV. Right. And he's not. Right. He, I mean, what do you want? Right. Like, it's, it's sort of head of the media department, which is. One of the biggest money makers at the firm, maybe right. the biggest right. source of income for and the as firm. As you and I both know, it will become and biggest. it will become even bigger right, for right. you know for all the time. And you want three fifty a week. <laughs> <laughs> so I've gotten I've gotten just sort of lambasted for this. Well, and, you're and, right. The, the character didn't change. It's the no, same guy. Exactly. He's exact, and that's what it's confusing to me that people don't see that. And I right. understand. Yes, if you watched a season one episode and you watched a season six episode, right. he certainly looks different. He may looks more different than I think. Yeah. Other than Peggy, they have the, had the biggest change. Cybern State, Cybern State, yeah, applied uh-huh. on the thing. Um, but but he also uh, he's still that guy, and he yeah. might, he may look different. But this is right. just a, a right. consequence of him being given the understanding that he really can't unless they can find another guy who knows. You know, uh, Buddy Ebsen and right. uh, you know whatever. Right. Then, then he's secure. Right. And he can go in and say, "You're a whore." Yeah. And um, why am I not in this room right now? Yeah. I'm supposed to stand out there. Fuck that noise. God, that Joan arc was so fucking brutal. Oh god. And when he and it was so well done when he comes in and she's wearing the robe. Yeah. Oh god. Yeah. No, it's upsetting. And it. Oh, it's so upsetting. And by the way, as a viewer of the show, like. As much as I am defending Harry and will defend Harry until forever, um, as a viewer of the show, I am a Joan fanatic, and yeah. as everyone is. Yeah, of course. Nobody is allowed to touch Joan, and right. I understand right, that. Right, right, right. But I knew back in season whatever it was two when Harry had asked Joan to read some scripts, and she came up with those good ideas oh, for the right. defenders or whatever. And Harry hired a man to become his sort of assistant, right? Um, and passed on Joan. And I got yelled at on the street about that. You like people, did? People would be like, you should have hired Joan. And I knew at that moment, obviously, uh, where where everyone's bread is buttered. I mean, yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's buttered yeah, with Joan. Yeah. I mean, Joan is, we love Joan. Yeah. And we are rooting for Joan. We've seen Joan get just beaten down and right. yet somehow keep well, fighting. Well, that's what's so sad about her. And, and a real credit to her eye acting. Mm-hmm. Like, there's just such a Christina sadness. Is unbelievable. Because she can make you feel like a spring day. Oh, yeah. And then other times, that last episode, she was making... She was like the sad aunt. Oh, Do you know what that means? Like, I was just like, this fucking woman is divorced. She's making out in a psychedelic club. Oh, it's upsetting. With a song that I thought was a modern song. (laughs) That Bonnie and Clyde. I was like, 
<laughs> but when she, like uh, two episodes ago, when the guy from Jaguar was there, yeah. and she walked into Don's office and walked right past him, said he's here, yeah. poured herself a drink and just stared out the window. I yeah. mean, fuck. I mean, she's uh, so good. I know. She's so good. I, I was really hoping that uh, something would happen with Don. That, that wonderful date that they kind of go on. Yeah, I don't know that I need that to happen, but I, I, do, I, do, like, I do like that we see them being... Sort of Although understanding the, each other. Roger and uh, well, and that's his huge baby. That baby is fucking huge. <laughs> yeah. Look at yeah. that goddamn baby. <laughs> I, I, I watched the episode twice because as I told you the first time I watched it, I was drinking. And uh-huh. I was like, it's a big hairy episode. I'm going to watch it again. <laughs> I will probably, you know me, I was going to watch it again yeah, anyway. But this was today. And again, drunk Pete and sober Pete thought that was a huge fucking baby. Yeah, Just big a, baby. Giant baby, and there's nothing baby. funnier than a huge baby. He's I mean, just almost, yeah, yeah, yeah. She touches his huge head of hair, <laughs> rolling field of hair. Can I? Why did they have that? In, uh, sorry, I'll talk Mad Men all day. Why the shot of the baby's ass? Remember that? They're putting ointment on the baby's ass. It was a very deliberate move by. Oh, I don't. Rem- I don't. I'm know. guessing the director. I don't know. Do you remember that shot? In this episode? Maybe you don't care because you raised children. No, no, no. It was the season, last season's premiere had Joan changing the not yet huge Oh, yeah, I diaper. remember that. I remember that. And um, it shoots it like you're trying to learn as much as you can about a baby's ass. <laughs> like, oh my God, why would you? And they're putting a cream on oh, it. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. I remember a tight, that. tight, it's, it's the world of HD. I think it's maybe, I don't know what the intention is. I mean, it just. I'm sure there's to... something. I almost wrote Johnny Ham an email saying, because he directed episode two, mm-hmm. which, great Jesus Christ. I, you know, I didn't know this, but like, uh, apparently people didn't like the last season. So, I've heard that reviewers. too. I'm, I'm sort of com- a little confused by it, but. I loved it. I didn't know that until I, I ran into the wonderful actor who plays uh, Betty's husband. Chris Stanley. Chris, yeah. Mm-hmm. Very cool guy. Yeah, very cool guy. Uh, and he was telling me that uh, you know that they weren't people weren't as happy, and I didn't know that. But anybody that thought the show was going down that second episode, yeah, was fucking the business. I yeah, I'm a little confused because I mean every season ends up being my favorite season yet. But, yeah, you sound like um, me. But but last season I thought was, and I you know I can take zero credit for it because the writers are. Uh, yeah, you know, uh, unbelievable. Yeah, um, I loved what they did last season. I yeah. love what they do this season. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. No, I can't stop. Do you, this is a weird question, and feel free to say no. But um, see, those are my Ray Bans, and mm-hmm. I have those because Don Draper has Ray Bans. Mm-hmm. So I'm at, I have his picture in my house, like a saint. And and John and I talked at length about how he's he's a sociopath and a bad person, and I agree with that. Mm-hmm. I and you as a fan of the show. Do you find, I'll start with me, I find that I am a more decisive, clear communicating man because Don Draper, the character, uh-huh. has shown me how appealing that can be and how it's okay, like in season, uh, episode two of this season, when he tells the woman what's happening. Again, I don't want to spoil it because it's, it's understandable that you might not be caught up to that, but he's at dinner. And he's like, oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, you you yes, want you want right. to be miserable, yes, right? And he just, and she hits back with the perfect response, yep. like, but if I wasn't here, you'd be with. And he doesn't deny it, right? I'm telling you the truth. That's why I'm in therapy. I'm in therapy because I just want to be a, a good person, uh-huh. a well-adjusted person. I don't want to become a lunatic or, or a secret asshole like you're right. talking about. So I go to therapy, and it's very beneficial. Doctor Gary Penn, his book is available now. But like, 
I'm in therapy to have moments like someone says, if you were, and this is in a bad situation, this is using the power for evil. Mm -hmm. Uh, the girl says, if you weren't with me, you'd be fucking your wife right now. And he doesn't deny it because she's right. Yeah. And that's a fool's errand to go, baby, no. Yeah, right, right. You're my dream. I don't know why I did that voice. It, it, it offended me a little bit. I'm so sorry. I don't know why I did a 1970s roller skating black man. Baby, no. I, <laughs> I'm so sorry. But um, he says, I want you. I want you all the time. He goes back with something that is true. Yeah, right. Now, my question to you is, um, do you ever catch yourself going, what would Draper do? No. But I also um, uh, uh, have lived a pretty, a, a life of at least general forthrightness. Really? Yeah. It's I one mean, of your qualities? It's something that I strive for, certainly. Um, and I don't always achieve it, but I, it's definitely a, um, how do you do it? You do, I, Cause I'm crippled with wanting people to like me. So often in situations I try and figure out what to say to make them like me, whereas yeah. you're being honest. Well, not, but I can't, I mean, again, I'm not going to claim that I, that I do this hundred percent of the time sure. because I don't think, I think you couldn't, there was a book by this guy, what the fuck was his name? Brad Maybe like Blanton or something. Maybe I'm making. Maybe that's a name from more recent. I don't know. But it was called Radical Honesty. Uh huh. And I was. I did one of those um, book clubs, like those. Uh, you know, when they did those uh, record clubs, you could do. Yeah. You get like six uh, CDs for a penny or whatever. I'm writing it down. Um, I, I got forward by Donnie Drapes. I got, this, <laughs> I got this. I did one of those book clubs where you get like six books for a penny, and I had seen this guy on like Oprah or something. Yep. And I got this book, Radical Honesty. And I started reading it, and his whole thing was honesty at all costs. Mm. Whatever it costs you, honesty. Mm. Um, and uh, I read it, and I came to the conclusion that if you did that, you would be a pariah in no time. Uh, nobody would want to be around you. you so um, you went against it. I right? went against it. Not, now, now, that's not to say that, again, again I, I prefer to lean toward honesty, yeah. but also... A lot of his his thing was like again at all costs. So it, you know, even if you see a moment where you can be compassionate and perhaps soften mm. soften the truth, even just like put a little Vaseline on the lens mm -hmm. for a moment, um, he he said no, you have to take the hard line, which would make you an unrelenting piece of shit. That's I would wild. think. Like, I have friends that I have to tell them I've written something. I'm about to submit it, so I don't really have any time. This was today. Uh -huh. I'm about to submit this in. I don't really have time to do drastic changes. And I said, it would make me feel good if you told me you liked it. And then I read it for them. And the guy was like, I like it. And I believed him. Yeah. But he's also a friend that I know can be like, eh, it's all right. And I, yeah, I, sure. I don't need that right now. Right. So I actually told him to lie. I wanted to be lied to so right. badly. You just needed to hear a little affirmation. But you're saying this guy says no. Yeah, this guy says no, never. Never, never, never. And uh, so kind of fuck that guy. I, I would I would I, be like, then I can't trust you anymore. I know that. I know I should be like, I can trust you if he likes it. It's but, always But true. how would you like if every time you walked in the room, you're like, hey, uh, you know, you like this shirt. And they're like, it makes you look like a fucking right. idiot. Right. You look like an idiot when you wear that shirt. Right. Like, there's a cruelty that... I, I suppose you can be honest without being cruel, but it's hard sometimes. Well, that's why that's hard. Donnie makes Betty go in the other room before he says he, she looks desperate in the swimsuit. Yeah. And there's a lot of times one of his things is he says, uh, what do you want to hear? Meaning, yeah. do you really want me to tell you what I'm about yeah, to tell you? Yeah, of course. 
So even he's showing some restraint. Well, you have, I, that, my whole point is, I do not think what would Don Draper do. I think that, that Don Draper doesn't have enough qualities I want to align with yep. uh, to, to ever think, what does Don Draper do? Right. Or what would Don Draper do? But um, I do share the um, desire for forthrightness and, and to be able to sort of be, um, you know... I, it's how, it's really how I've tried to conduct myself in in the business, and yeah. how I've tried to conduct myself in friendships, and certainly in my marriage. And mm-hmm. um, I feel that we are very honest with each other, but we also are very loving and very uh, loving, passionate. Honestly. And there's no, again, there's no, there's no. Uh, if you were honest about everything, you would be you would become cruel. I yeah, think you have to have a little well, bit of like. I hate to be a cliche, but I, I've, I've been married and I've been in long relationships, and you have uh, your wife, mm-hmm. and you know that she's on her period. And I'm not trying to say, oh, women, and not all. I've, I've had women that you can't tell they're on their period at all, and I've had women that a week out, that's when it starts, and you just have to be understanding. So in those situations, maybe uh, the chicken isn't dry if they cooked you chicken or whatever. Because who fucking cares? Yeah, who fucking it's cares? It's good. And I know how you feel. Men get men periods. They're just not the oh, of same. Course, of course. Periods of lowness where you just can't fucking handle it. So that's compassionate. Yeah. And that's like evolved living. Gor- yeah. Gorillas are probably like this banana sucks, you bitch. <laughs> right. But right. like you can be like, this is not the time to dole out pure honesty. Yeah, of course. So that's good. I'd love to get into the relationship more. Let's finish Mad Men. I have two more Mad Men things okay. for you. One is, um, at least that I know of. Are you hot as balls? Do you want me to turn that air to bed? No, I'm fine. Are you okay? I'm okay. Um, You can also turn it on. I don't think people will mind. I'll turn on this fan. People love fans. Great. (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm right here. Yeah, okay. Um, My thought is, uh, as much as I secretly or, or pretty openly admire some of the qualities of Draper, whenever he gets a chance to do voiceover... You know, uh, like narrating the episode. Mm-hmm. He's talking about, uh, he's in the pool, and mm-hmm. he says, I'd like to get some semblance of control over how I feel, mm-hmm. which is like kind of the opposite of what you'd think Don Draper would say. He seems so in control of how he feels. Oh, I don't know if he, I, I wouldn't ever posit that he's in control of how he feels. He's, he's in control of how maybe he runs a room or in control of how you feel. I mean, yeah. he may be able to make you feel however you want. But what about when most recently he's in the maid's room, again, trying not to mm-hmm. be too spoilery, and she says, uh, you'd go to dinner with all these people, and he goes, I don't think about it. Right. And I believe him. I believe that he can compartmentalize his brain. But he also said at the end of the of the premiere this year, she says, what do you want for this year? What, or what do you want to have? And he says, I want to stop doing this. I mean, oh, he clearly right. doesn't. Yeah, I don't think he's at all in control of how he feels. He's in. He's in control of a lot of yeah. things. Well, then it actually goes back to another time he did voiceover, which was uh, he's. It's it's one of the points of the show. I think Pete. I quoted it to you earlier, maybe on the podcast. It's all about how things look. That's mm-hmm. what Pete yeah, says yeah, 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 said, to yeah. the new guy. And uh, Donnie Drape says it when he's drinking Budweiser and journaling, as he says, like, people don't really want to know you. It's also what Roger Sterling realizes when he's on acid, right. which is that people aren't, don't really want to know you. Yeah. Uh, it's a very lonely show. Mm-hmm. It's a very, uh, nobody can see you. Nobody really wants to see mm-hmm. you. Nobody really wants to listen to you. Peggy's going to stab you. You stabbed her. Everybody's getting stabbed. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're all animals. Let's eat something. And that's not even what I was going to put to you. Donnie, Donnie Drapies. 
you are you know you're the maybe the only person in the world who calls that character. It's Mike sincerely so to get all of you to call him Donnie Drapes. He uh, are men babies is my question. There, there's that seems to be a real theme. Is that externally we seem uh, we seem like we uh, men men in the show Draper especially seem to be fucking to pacify themselves. Uh, men uh, need their women to. What is the line? Uh, they're the soup and we're the pot. Mm-hmm. But who wants to be a pot? Yeah. That seems like a big thing. Um, Pete wanting to a very telling monologue in the second season talks about his fantasy of killing the deer uh-huh. and cutting it and, and right. wiping the knife on his leg right. and she cooks it for him. It's all very like, let me be a man, let you be a woman, but behind the man is this baby boy. Well, I think that's assuming... Uh, I, I think a, a, a more... A way that I would put it is less mm. are all men babies and simply say, uh, can we allow for the fact that all men are human? Mm. Um, and that I don't think, I mean, the only uh, difference between a, a me and a baby, but my son, for example, the mm. only difference really is that he, um, if he's stressed out or angry or happy or whatever, he is uh, un- unrelentingly communicating that. Yes. You know, never stop, you just... Ah, or yay, or yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. whatever. Yeah, um, he truly has no filter. Yeah, um, we are trying to build this filter all the time. I, I don't necessarily think that all men are babies. I think babies just are human, and maybe they don't have the sophistication of an adult, but they certainly have the emotions, and um, the they also don't have uh, anything holding them back societally from expressing them. Right. Um, in fact, they have to express them to stay alive. Right. And then we figure out that, well, I don't have to tell anyone I'm hungry anymore. I can just go buy a fucking burger. Right. Um, so we start stifling that right. that co- that constant right. purging of of feelings or whatever. But I don't. Uh, no. Uh, I, I I think it's, I think it's too it's too it's too. Um, Almost derogatory to say all men are babies. I, I two th- babies. <laughs> well, it's yeah. I mean, it's it's sort of like or to me. I think that that maybe derogatory is not the right word, but it is. It furthers the idea that uh, you're a pussy if you have uh, uh, an emotion, right? And that's not the case. I yeah. think that it it you have to allow for the fact. I, mean, I don't know how you are. I am. I am. I am just a very a wildly emotional guy. You walked in. To the uh, uh, okay. front yard today, and I was fucking raging at our hose yeah. because it was stuck around the corner. And I mean, you thought you had startled me. I was so animated. Yeah, yeah, I was like, but no, I was animated because I was a man in his front yard wrestling with a piece of rubber. Right, was, right, I, right, I, right. I was furious. It's all that it took. And I was, I was super embarrassed in that moment. And I quickly like was like tried to. Exp- Let me just explain. I'm angry. Yeah. We spilled the milkshake got spilled on the driveway. I'm trying to clean up the thing. But I, but it all of a sudden became about like quickly uh, getting control of this uh, moment of our interaction and not letting letting out that right. that emotion that a moment ago I was being a baby all over my front yard. Right, right, right. You know what I mean? But you're right. It, it, it is not. It's undervalued being emotional. Right. And that's and that's something kind of fucked up. I, I learned in my life. You know, it's one of my welcome demons, I suppose. Uh, I, I'm not. I, I've said this many times on the show. I'm not proud that I'm not a big crier. I cry at movies and I cry at TV and I mm-hmm. cry at music. So I guess that does make me a big crier. I just said that, and then I completely contradicted myself. So I, I cry a little bit, maybe every other day. To yeah. be honest, it's something yeah. emotional. It always sneaks up on me. Mm-hmm. Talking about men having their periods, 
the power of music or, or, or a good show or a good movie. Mm -hmm. But like I have a hard time. When my wife left me, I didn't cry. Mm -hmm. I didn't raise my voice. When I was a kid, I remember a cat scratching me and really with a lot of pride not my you know the hand, skin was hanging off and there's blood and mm -hmm. stuff and really like a lunatic just looking at it and just trying to slow my heart rate and being like yeah. this doesn't matter right. me yelling or not yelling doesn't make the pain go away it doesn't make well it actually physiologically it might make the pain go away a little bit but, it but that, exactly but, yes. but, but it, uh, it doesn't change whether you express it or not I think just acknowledging that you have a reaction to it is sometimes enough. It's, it's just, good, right? It's I a mean, good thing. It's definitely a good so thing. So you being mad at the hose is a good thing. It is a good thing, although you, again, walked in on me on what I what I would have preferred to be a private moment right, of me. Sure. Like, like, I was screaming inside my mouth. I don't know if you heard I me, did, but I was, no. I was going, <laughs> because I was screaming. Yeah, uh, I yeah. wanted to be screaming to the whole neighborhood about this yeah. fucking hose. Yeah. Uh, but I was doing everything I could to keep that uh, sort of contained. I think, it, I think it is a the, good thing. I don't know. I'm thinking Lee Harvey Oswald, but just like an assassin who never expresses his feelings. Oh, sociopath is a sociopath. different thing. But, yeah. but no, I, and I definitely think it's good, again, to have an emotion and to recognize that you're having it and even to communicate it. I certainly, in you know, the only way that, that we can be like babies in the derogatory sense of babies is if we are petulant and, uh, you know... And bitchy, whiny, yeah, yeah, shitty yeah, yeah, about yeah. it. Like, that's a different thing. Right. I mean, that's a different thing if I'm, you know, like, why going to the store now? You know, I mean, that's whiny. like the word. Yeah, that's but different. Let's take something, this has been a big theme of this show for who knows how many episodes now, but it is that, like, I have a hard time facing the scenario in a relationship. It's almost always in a relationship. Sometimes it's in a friendship. Your wife does something that annoys you. And uh, I, I run this pretty complicated tree graph of if I tell her or if I ignore it. Sure. What always ends up happening, and the reason I love talking about it is because I'm throwing my hat over the wall. I'm going to talk about it so much that, that I'll just know it's my thing and I'm going to be okay talking about it. I slowly just resent them and I fill the suitcase with bricks. Sure. And then one day I break up with them because it feels so good to get rid of that suitcase sure. full of bricks. But uh, so your wife, going back to reasonable, sensitive honesty, uh, does something that upsets you. You tell her. Um, yeah, often. I mean, I, I will say like that. I have I have definitely a little bit of um, that sort of sit and stew thing, uh, which has been a part of me forever, hmm. um, and it's part of you know a familial inheritance, I think. But uh, sort of not not. Not not uh, facing what is wrong right away. I really have to like uh, communicate that I'm upset, but uh, you know, without it's a really it's super shitty. When I, I I should go back to my I saw a shrink for a couple of years right when I was in L.A. <laughs> uh, and this was certainly something that I talked about, and I probably should do it again because. Uh, but but yeah, it's Doctor Gary Penman. That's right. He's yeah, the best. It's the book. Um, uh, no, just go see him. You live in L.A. <laughs> that's true. Um, but but just that whole thing of like uh, not. Yes, I will eventually tell her. Unfortunately, I think that, and this isn't just for my wife, this is the people in my life, there's almost sort of like a little bit of um, punishment that precedes it of mm. like, I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, mope around a little bit before I get there. That's, that is being a baby. That's mm -hmm. more of that, that thing that, you know, we're talking about mm -hmm. with the, the, the derogative, uh, derogatory way of, of uh, being a baby, um, holding on to those things until I finally am. 
either she says what's wrong or I say, you know, I just sort of get her, get, get, you know, get, get away from the kids or something right, where right, I can right. say what, right. what I'm upset about. And it could be something so small and stupid, but right. it's festered and then it's a thing. You know, you know, I'm sorry, I'm not even forcing it. If, if you weren't Rich Summer and we were, I was just talking to somebody, I would, re- I would reference Mad Men right now, which just happened. So this is a spoiler. So if you're jumping ahead 30 seconds, jump ahead 30 seconds. This is from season, episode three of season six. six. Uh, so Draper is uh, Megan is going to have the love scene, mm-hmm. and he's he handles it very well when she tells him pretty well. Pretty well. He says, "I can endorse it, but don't ask me to like enjoy it." I think he yeah, says something. something along those yeah, lines. something. I don't remember the exact word. Oh no, I think he said, "I can tolerate it, but don't, don't ask, ask me, me to endorse yes, it." I think that's right. And she says, "You're perfect." So it, it looks good. She's relieved. That's a good partner. But then uh, he also says, "I have to think about it." Yeah. Which is also what you and I have in common. There's right. this sort of like, I need to take an inventory of how this makes me feel because right. I don't know how I feel right now. I'm a little startled. Yeah. Um, but then he does the worst thing and goes to the set to have the fight. Yeah. Uh, and then... And well, that's following. He had just... He felt shitty, so he had to go take it out on something. Make her feel shitty? Wait, yeah. why did he feel shitty? He came from... Uh, where was he coming from? Uh, didn't he just have... Um, what just happened? Oh, Hines. Yeah, that's right. Hines. Yeah, the, with Peggy. See, that's some good TV watching, Rich. Because like one of one of the things that TV has taught me, if you want to talk about psychology, and I, I, I've said this before, I, I know, but not a million times, but once or twice, on The Sopranos, Tony would always go to therapy and mm-hmm. be like, I, I, I'm, I'm depressed and I don't know why, and you're screaming at the TV because it's edited into yeah. the, the highlights of a life, right? And you're like. You just killed your brother-in-law. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you just... Like, but he doesn't see it. And that's how life is. You're mad at the... Ho- I'm not here to diagnose you. No, mad no. At the host. But the hose... For me, I, I've had uh, typing a text, and the autocorrect keeps changing it from hold to bold. And yeah. I'm like, hold is a word! <laughs> and I'm almost in tears. Yeah. And it's not because of autocorrect. Right. It's because of the failure and the decay of everything. Yeah, yeah. I'm mad about life. I'm depressed about everything. And uh, and then sometimes a fight. Well, that, that's good though. But you realize that's some good watching. <laughs> he wanted to. He wanted to be a big man. Yeah, and I make think he's taking mad. control back. Interesting. Interesting. Anyway, I'm but again, sorry. he wasn't controlling back to what you were originally saying. He yeah. has no control over how he feels. Right, right, right. He does have control over how Megan feels. Right. Because he just got shit on, shit in his mouth, basically, yeah. at the Heinz thing. Right. She's using, Peggy's using, using his, his line. line in that thing. Sorry, you had to skip ahead more than 30 seconds. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. But then you, he, he, ha- he is all stirred up and shit is everywhere. I and he just that goes one. and like lasers it laser. That's nah. right. <laughs> lasers it right into that was into from it. his pitch. I forgot that was from his pitch right. for Lucky Strike. If you don't like what they're saying, change the conversation. For the anti Lucky Strike, yes. I think. Oh my god, Peggy, you bitch. <laughs> oh my god. Kevin Ram is a is a friend of mine. Yeah. I wrote on a show and I thought he delivered the line I'll have a rye on the rocks in an old Spanish. <laughs> I thought that was the funniest drink board. And he's ordering for Peggy, I yeah. guess. <laughs> he's getting her an old Spanish a drink I've never heard of. And it's well, kind of a perversion of Don's drink, yeah, old fashioned exactly. old Spanish. Exactly. Amazing. Everything's fucked. <laughs> and he says it with that smile. Oh my. Did they buy it in the room or was that? They didn't buy it from Chaw in the room. They bought it from. His point is somebody. They bought from someone else in the room. 
Oh, they were both. The, everybody lost. That was how I. I, I mean, oh. to be honest, I don't. I don't remember from reading it. I and I because it didn't it. look like they were like we got it. You did. No, I think they were saying so and so. They bought it from so and so. They bought it in the room. So oh. can, I, can we join the Lonely Hearts Club? Oh. It was about the fact that how do you know we're not celebrating? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love your feet, Cam. <laughs> I've never tried it before. It wasn't bad. When we did the bowling thing, he said, did they take the weight that Harry inject- lost and injected into my face? He said that was, that was a comment that he got on the internet. <laughs> did they take the weight? Oh, my God. That's really funny. And you told me that he did like me. He must, yes. he, he must be, I'm not saying in a bad way, but like strange because... Reading him traditionally, right. and I've been wrong before, left me with the impression that he hated me. No, he did not. Hate okay, him. God, that makes not me at all. Feel, that makes me no. feel like, How did you lose the weight? I'm, I, um, and I'm not asking you. In well, a lot the, of it's back, but but uh, I don't when, think so. Actually, I, I, I mean, well, the, I like my scale would beg to differ with you. However, muscle uh, weighs more than fat. I'm just here. Uh-huh. A handy ice cream. <laughs> Come on, Harry. <laughs> Uh, you watched me drink a banana milkshake as you approached today. Oh, yeah. Uh, the which you spilled, which uh, led to the hose. It's true. And the rage. <laughs> That's such just un- unending rage. Um, but I had lost initially, uh, I lost about 30 pounds by, in a really short amount of time. But but just by doing that, there's that Lose It app on the iPhone. Oh, where you clock what you eat. Just clock what you eat and then you clock your, your exercise. And I bought a bike. I went to Target and just bought a bicycle and... Uh, Zipped around the valley a lot. Really? Know? And, you know, there are bike paths out here. There's a, a Chandler bike path. You just did path. math, the math That was way. it. That's so funny. I, I'm, I'm such a weirdo, and I, I say that in, in a good way, actually. I like reading about weird diets, and one of them that I read about was like, you'll never lose weight until your brain knows you're safe, which I thought was interesting. Hmm. Uh, and I've talked about this on the show before, but they made the argument that, like, you can't do what you did, but obviously you can. Yeah. But obviously you might have also felt safe. Who, sure. Who, who knows? Sure. Uh, but you were still eating. Like, you weren't starving. No, yourself. no, I wasn't starving at all. In fact, I ate, I always bumped right up against my, my allowed caloric intake for the day. And if I got over it, I would hop on the bike and take it back down. And really? Try and kind of keep it all. So you just, how did you make up the number? Um, uh, this app, this Lose It app makes the number for you. You put height in your weight. height and weight and then you put in how much you want to lose, how quickly you want to lose it. Whoa. You put in like gold date and whatever and then um, you just start doing it. it, it oh, it, good for you. You know, it was like the simple, the simplest way for me to do it and yet having it sort of in a trackable way, I'm sort of a, uh, I'm not a huge stats geek, but I am, I am someone I that if I can, if I can put it into a chart or, or enter it into a thing and feel like I achieved something right. today. right, right. Or know by how much I failed it even is right. a, a feeling of comfort. Yeah, it makes it like a game or whatever. Yeah. I understand that you need you need to find something, some sort of image or some sort of thought that goes back to uh, something that you enjoy. Yeah. Nobody wants to just lose weight. Exactly. So you make it like a little game. Nobody told you to lose weight. Nope. No. I, I asked, just think I asked I Matt like, if I could. Oh, he, really? He said, "Whatever you do, I'll write to it." Really? Yeah. Which is why, like, that when I first lost all that weight. came in with a hook hand. I, <laughs> right to this, whiner. <laughs> uh, prove it! Um, I, you know, I, they wrote that, um, right when I'd lost all that weight, they wrote that scene where I go to the Rolling Stones. Yeah, I need the and bag. And he, he eats the bag of White Castle. He says, Jennifer has me on a diet. Yeah. Like, all of that kind of stuff. Like, yeah. That, that was all sort of a tip of the hat to me. I think that's such a funny... Um, Funny thing, I forget. the guy was wearing a prosthetic, but the guy that fills out 
Betty says, like, I think it's nice that uh, it's like season two. Uh-huh. She, and they, so they have like couple friends and the guy got fat. Oh, yeah, that's and right. She that's says, right. I like that he's filled out. It shows that he's happy. That's right. Or whatever. Yes. And I was like, you know, Betty, you kind of do have a point. Donnie is in really good shape. And he is doing a lot of fucking. <laughs> you should know that. Yeah. Sorry. To, uh, well, we're back on the show again. I think I asked you this once. Was that uh, you say at some point that Don likes you, and then later? Do I say that? Yeah. When did I say it? It's season one or two. Uh, oh. He goes like, "How come he never treats me that way?" And he goes, "He likes me." You say something oh, that you wow. think that Don likes you. And then uh, later... That's from, a, that's from real life, by the way, that story. What do you mean? Well, the, it's from... It's one of those things where one of the other actors said to me, why doesn't Matt Weiner give me a hug? He walks in, he gives you a hug, and he gives ha. me a handshake. Ha. And I... I The conversation went, I, I said, well, you know, I give... I hu- I'm a hugger, yeah. so he just reciprocates. Right, 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 right. Um, and then I probably, I you know, followed it with... A, and he likes me. So uh. what do you want? You know, and it... Oh, that, 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 shit, that was one of the writers. That shit gets into the show all the time. All these really? little, like, a lot of the early stuff, especially earlier, less now, but especially earlier. Yeah. Many of our little, you know, uh, Paul Kinsey and Harry Crane having little bickering moments were yeah. all full out of yeah. him watching us interact yeah, with each yeah. other. That, that reminds me, speaking of Kinsey, whose name is Matthew? Michael Glenn. Michael, sorry. I just met him with you the other yes. night, and actually, we, we have, it doesn't matter. Um, I don't think he's going to, and if he does, he's stopped listening <laughs> by this point. We keep the good stuff toward the end for the real fans. That's right. I just know, so here's something that people don't know. Here, here's a couple things. One is uh, everyone thinks you're a millionaire. That's one. <laughs> Two is um, everybody thinks that you're probably walking around with a perpetual erection, just smoking a pipe, talking about how you've made it. Right. This is the Hollywood thing. Correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, I'm not. We're not going to talk about salary, except to the point that you're not a millionaire, mm-hmm. or, or at least not a multimillionaire. That's not how it is. Uh, I don't think it's fair for both of us to be like neither of us are millionaires. Yes. Uh, and also, there has to be uh, anxiety in that you're on a show where they fucking got rid of Sal yeah. for crying out loud. The gay guy before the gayness hits the fan. Yeah. Yeah. Which is, uh, again, just, you know, a masterful stroke in the show that they're not... Like, The Sopranos not showing Tony dying. I believe yeah. he died. Uh, you know, they're not here to please us. Right. We're not donkeys chasing carrots. The show is going to be like real life. Yeah. And sometimes something like that happens and you're shit-canned and that's the end of your arc. But they talk about talk about uh, people being written off. And I have to imagine your show is secretive as well. You can't cranston it and leave your script in the car. Uh, uh, did you do that? Yeah. Oh no. They leaked a pretty big episode. It, I don't know where it is. I've been. I wouldn't read it to be. No. Honest. Did I this happen this it. coming? Yeah. Ooh, this shit. coming season. Oh no. That any sucks. any episode would be. Oh, huge. all of them. Will where happen. are they? Yeah. What ha- what happens right after that cliffhanger? Oh my god. I have no idea. But it, it's so good. It's so good. In, uh, I mean, Vince Gilligan increased rice and murders by 30%. That's what I heard. That's what I heard. That's what I heard. No, all because of Breaking Bad. Uh, it was pretty bad. Deep callback. <laughs> uh, but so anyway, Joey Pants, the actor, gets yeah. the script where his character dies. Uh-huh. And he bawled in the producer's office. Oh, yeah. Uh, so what I'm putting to you is what I have to assume is the case that there has to be some anxiety. Wondering, oh, yeah. you know, what's going to happen. No, I think just just knowing, um, you know, the first five seasons of this show, um, 
especially the first few, th- th- there was a lot of conversations going on in trailers of like, all right, so what's going to happen? You know, there, we, we had heard in the first season that one of either me, Michael Gladys, or Brian Bat, so, so Harry Crane, Paul Kinsey, or, or Sal, were going to, not, we're not going to make it through the first season. Right. We're going to be written off right away. Right. And so we kept waiting for that shoe to drop. We knew that was coming, knew that was coming. And finally, we, um, at the opening night, uh, the kickoff party, I mean, we would call it a premiere party, except there was no premiere. It was just like a party for us. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the writers said to me, uh, you know, you were supposed to die. And I was just like, uh, what? And apparently Harry was going to kill himself uh, in the first season. Why? Um they, they had some story. They kind of told me a little bit about the story, but uh, it basically was that he was going. Wait, Harry was going to be. It's dead. the carousel scene. You leave the room crying. <laughs> single gunshot. <laughs> Just a little a, a gunshot down the hall. But the pitch is so good, no one minds. That's right. That's right. He'll take Lane down, but they left Harry on the floor for two weeks. That's right. That's right. <laughs> they would too. Um, but yeah, so so yes, that certainly sowed a seed of anxiety, which we all carried with us, yes, all the time. And I think that um, you know, making it to season, uh, you know, frankly, after season three, when I made it into season four, well, you make the the switch to the new office, yeah, over to SCDP. I think that Huge. that was when when you know, uh, Paul Kinsey and Salvatore Romano had not made the switch with us. At that point, I felt like everything was icing. Everything yeah. has been icing. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, yeah, sure. As far as like career investment goes yeah it's it's not going to change it doesn't right. change from had i made it through three seasons of the show or seven seasons of the show right. it doesn't change what people see about it i was one of the madman guy no matter right. who guys right. no matter what happens yeah you know same and, for and brian so Kinsey, and, yeah. and for and for michael Gladys as well <laughs> um, that, that's just the fact of the matter yeah um so so it wasn't that the anxiety was really about yes partially financial in that you know, you you especially in my case. Well, that goes know. back to the not millionaire thing. It's like you yeah. actors are at the mercy of their show. We are not millionaires. Yeah, so we were on basic right, cable, yeah. and yeah. we started at very little. Yeah. And so the climb has been very slow. Right, it's right, not. Right. You know, we're still now. Me, I can say for myself in six seasons, making around what you'd hope you'd be making on the pilot of a network show. Yeah. As an actor. Yeah. So. It's not like I'm making a killing. Sure. I make enough that I can support my family. Right. Uh, solely from I this. should point out we're recording this from an all-marble bathroom. <laughs> That's true. That's true. One of seven. Um, but, but, yeah, it's... It, it'll keep you in board games. It'll keep it'll me in board games. feed your children. And, and it feeds my children. So that's... But the anxiety was mainly uh, partially financial and also partially social because the reason we moved to Los Angeles was this show. The people we moved to Los Angeles... Knowing where the show, each my wife and I, Virginia and I, had each of us a friend or two outside of the show here in Los Angeles. But all of our social circle ended up being the show, mm-hmm. and so it was more of an anxiety of if I don't have that place to go to. It's like Freddie Rumson says, if I don't have that place to go to, what am I? Yeah, um, and uh, that was sort of that was the anxiety that drove those first few years. But then after around season four, and especially season five, and now the. Everybody relaxed because it was right. like, look, I've made it this far. But he, I can't fucking believe I've made it this far. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And if, if uh, you know, the shit hits the fan right now, it's okay. Right. You know. But your character giving that declaration, there does seem... He does draw a line. It seems, it, it seems like you're... 
as an actor, look, I'm not saying that you were necessarily saying this to the show, but it's interesting because you almost could, mm-hmm. you know, touch wood, touch wood, yeah. British people don't knock it; they touch it. Touch wood. <laughs> Is that uh, that's a terrible British accent, but go ahead and touch Thank that. You. Pure one. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, actually, really. Yeah, you don't see a lot of the darker woods. No, that like, one. Well, this is all IKEA, but the, the this. Sort oh, of, you know uh, what? I had this form-wise. This kind of breaks from the. Moment. I've put that together as well. Good for you. Oh, it's a day. It's a hard one. Yeah, and then erecting it. Yeah. It's like being it's Amish. It's <laughs> you gotta you gotta get it up off the ground. It's the whole thing. Uh, but you got it filled enough that you don't have to dust it. That's true. Um, <laughs> uh, what were we saying? Uh, we were talking about here. Um, oh, your character. Yeah, my character. There is a parallel where you're like, I'm valuable, and you could be like, I'm valuable to the show, and here's the check. But it's like, but I'm a partner. Damn it! How come it's not Sterling Cooper, Draper Price, Harris? Uh, oh, Campbell. I yeah, guess. yeah. It's, yeah, it's, it's not, there's it's a not, difference between partners and names. Oh, however, just to like get real about, and I, I only have a couple more minutes just so you, just just to remind you. How many? Minutes, like literally a couple minutes? Seven. Okay, fuck this question. Are you sure? <laughs> okay. I mean, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, I would argue certainly the Harry is more valuable to SCDP than Rich Summer is to Mad Men, and that's not to, to diminish what I get to bring to the show. Sure. But, but the show is too. about <laughs> the show is about John Ham. I mean, the show is about Don Draper. Right? Yeah, yeah, I can use them and, too. And so having <laughs> whether Harry is there or not. They're going to figure out what's going on with Don Draper. That's all. Okay. We'll do the speed round real fast. What okay. kind of soap do you use? Uh, soap? Yeah. Um, uh, 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 like any Dove men's, like for showering? Yeah. Yeah, Dove men's Dove with little men. beads in it. Oh, I like I like beads. a good bead. No like, loofah? I do use a loofah. I oh. like to exfoliate. Why wouldn't you exfoliate? Right? Let it fly. you got to exfoliate. <laughs> what if this was a... <laughs> I like a real thick, grungy drain going down. Uh, I want it skin full. This is pre-AIDS. What do you think the fact that... The, uh, Mad Men is pre-AIDS. There's so much more sexing happening. What if that was a question I asked everybody? That was just a note that I'm not even going to use. Do you get anxious watching what takes they use? When you watch the show, is your heart rate a little... Uh, no, no, no. I mean, there, it's been very rare that I've looked at it and said, why did they use that uh-huh, take? Yeah. But, but then again, you know, we finish a day and I have no real memory of sure. what takes worked or what different... You know, when I walk out, I might say, hope they use that take. But by the time I see it, it's been months. Right. Six months. Right, right, right. Um, okay. Uh, Hare Krishna... You do the chanting and you had your vision. Um, where are you religiously now? Are, are you? Do you have a Lord or is there some sort of seeking, meditating? Um, You're in a safe place. I, yeah. <laughs> um, personally, I am unaffiliated. Uh-huh. Um, free I, range. I'm a free range guy. I don't... Um, close your eyes and ask your gut? Uh, if, I, if I close my eyes and ask my gut, uh, the, the straight answer from myself is, if there is a God... Um, I don't believe it actually uh, is interested in what I think about it. Because hmm. why would he? That's. I mean, it's it's that that's it. I mean, I. But he also doesn't care about you either. That right? No, absolutely. So I believe. No, I don't believe that. That's the watch winding guy. Yeah, the, the clockmaker. Clockmaker. Yeah. yeah. No, uninterested. Yeah. Un, 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 not only uninterested, just unaware, if aware at all, yeah. uninvolved. Wife. Similar? I know that's kind of personal, but I'm wondering how you're going to raise your kid. She's Catholic, and uh-huh. it's uh, it's an ongoing conversation. Interesting. Yeah. Oh, I'd like to I'd like to pitch a reality show. <laughs> it's actually not about you and your wife. It's me and you, and it's called Summer Homes. Okay. <laughs> oh Jesus Christ! Um, uh, hardest you've ever laughed? Can you think of any of them? Uh, yeah. Well, one of those first times that I that I smoked pot. Uh, I watched. Um, I had a couple friends over, and we watched a movie that I was in called. Um, 
Death Foretold, Death the Number Foretold. It's four short stories. It's a horror anthology. Mm-hmm. It, I, it is ter- I am terrible in it. I can say unequivocally I am terrible in it. Um, and there's a point where we are driving to go camping and we hit a wolf and um, some of the... It shows a close-up of the wolf, which is very clearly an inanimate object. Um, and one of my friends on the couch who was a little bit out of it said, what happened? And my other friend said... The wheel tore the hair off that wolf's face. And we, I shit you not, I bet it was 45 minutes. It was where the movie had ended. I was still in a ball on the floor and I was like, I can't, I can't pull it, I gotta pull it together. And we could, I mean, I, I felt, the next day I felt like I'd done a thousand sit ups. It was just for some reason that moment. And all four of us, I mean, tears, and it came up and went down and came up and went down for 45. And, all, and it would be quiet and someone would say, the wheel tore the hair off that wolf's face, and it was over. We just couldn't, could not keep it together. It was, it was outstanding. The wheel tore the hair off the wolf's face. Wolf's face. Wolf's face. He said wolf's face because one of the characters, one of the actors, said wolf instead of wolf, and that had already been pointed out. And so when he said the wheel tore the hair off that wolf's face, it was. It over. was on. Over. We can get that. What's that called? Uh, Death foretold. And perfect partners. And two, perfect partners two, as well. two moon recommendations. Yeah, yeah. Here's the fastest thing we'll do because it's silly. We'll play a game called. You have time. It's thirty seconds. <laughs> called fake life. <laughs> By the way, you wasn't asking. I just I just <laughs> offered that. It sounds like I sternly was like relax. Uh, <laughs> It's called fake laugh to real laugh, but you're an actor, so you'll be good. Where you can fake laugh, and when it turns into a real laugh, you just raise your hand. We both we both do it. Okay. So we do it together, and there's no point to the game. Okay. Other than maybe the point is to keep going until you get to a real laugh. <laughs> okay. I don't know how. I, well, all right. I'm doing a fake laugh, and I raise my hand yeah. when it's become a real. And laugh. because the last time I did this, this is a, my friend Eric Kirchberger's laugh. And it's really what it sounds like, and that's the one I'm going to do because it makes me laugh. <laughs> okay. But I guess a part of the point is to maybe not laugh right away. Right. right. Yeah. For okay. us, because we're being thespians. Ready? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Mine was real right away. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Go again. Go again. Go again. Go again. Okay, okay. I like. Fuck it. This is so stupid. I was like, like doing like a ventriloquist. Like I, didn't want, I didn't want anyone to see that I was oh. laughing. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You wanted to plant a laugh in a room and have no one be I'm able to tell. I'm throwing the laugh. Yeah. yeah. Oh. <laughs> Looking right, while I'm doing it, like pointing and like, where's that sound coming from? Oh, God. Oh, well, thank you so much for doing the show, man. This was so great. Thank Lovely you. Lovely home. Thank you. Uh, best to you and yours. Sorry we didn't get to talk about uh, love, but your wife is lovely. She and is. I, you know, your kids, I mean, based on the playhouse I've seen, are great. No, they're the worst. They are the worst. <laughs> oh, yes. Well, thank you for doing it. Thank you. We have the guests say keep it crispy. It's just the way to end the show. Keep it crispy. <laughs> Thanks, man. <laughs> the picture I don't erase it. Now leaving Nerdist.com.